Hello, listeners. You are about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans and is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I'm what you'd call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2022 MLB offseason. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Uh, me and Travis are coming at you guys. Episode 45. 45 now. It's It's been a long road, Travis, but we are now through. It has been. We are now through uh, our entire all-time series that we were doing. Um, we went through every team, every division, both leagues, and then the whole MLB making our all-time teams. It was a really fun exercise, and we got to kind of – we got to kind of – get into some research which is really fun uh, kind of a different step from what we usually do which is more like news base and like and if you think those episodes are long i mean you're gonna be in for one today i i would <laughs> I, I wouldn't be so sure if, if you weren't a fan of the two and a half three hour i think Charles, the last one was three hours it was like two hours 55 or something like that wow but if if uh if you weren't a fan of the extremely long ones um that might be on a break for a bit uh hopefully going back to a bit more of a regular you know reasonable every week uh, an hour or two um get, good baseball talk yeah. but getting good baseball talk to you guys because we know that you know even though it's a lockout we all want that baseball content so we're gonna do what we can to provide uh it's wednesday night here folks uh january 5th um it's a new year now the first time our first time recording in this new year even though there's, there's been some uploads uh you know recently but uh, yeah, Travis, I think we should get started on this week's uh, episode, which for the month of January, folks, we're going to try to focus on Hall of Fame stuff because as most of you probably know, uh, at the, towards the end of this month in, in January, what was the date, Travis? 25th, Tuesday. Uh, on January 25th, Tuesday uh, of this month, we are, well, the whole world is going to find out um, if certain players are going to get inducted to the Hall of Fame this year. And there are a good amount of players who it's, their last chance to make it on the BBWAA like voting, the classic ballot that we always talk about. Um, you get 10 years to try to make it in that way. And if you don't, um, Barry Bonds, uh, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling, it's their last chance to get in via that method. And then there's Travis, tons of other, you know, legendary players from our childhood who have, you know, different levels of, you know, clean cleanness in terms of steroids to their resumes and different levels of, you know, heroic moments and great stats uh tons of new faces on the ballot we get to, 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 we get to discuss that so travis every week we're going to give the folks something different to kind of talk uh think about in terms of hall of fame stuff so uh at some point we'll do an episode about like some hall of fame snubs at some point we'll kind of break down who's on the current ballot and give our thoughts on that but travis just for this week we're going to kind of get a uh, kind of an easy start on the hall of fame talk and just try to get you know the listeners just kind of in the hall of fame mindset so what i've done travis we've we've already you know previously you know even before we did those all-time teams you and i both did like a hall of fame breakdown um of active players who have already have 10 years of service time do we think they'll make the hall of fame so what is going to be different this time is a lot of these players I'm going to talk about are guys who have not made that 10 year minimum. So these players we're going to talk about, they don't currently qualify for hall of fame technically, but they're just kind of names and it's going to be a bit more of uncertainty. Like I feel like yeah. in that last conversation, Travis trout Verlander Kershaw pools, we know 
yeah. they're going to be in the Hall of Fame almost certainly, unless something crazy happens in terms of like, you know, you find out they're cheating or something crazy. Yeah. But um, more or less, those guys are locks. And then there's some guys in that conversation who are almost definite no's. But in this, mm-hmm. I hope there's going to be a lot of gray area on some of these guys because they still have a lot to prove, but they've proved a lot so far. So um, long story short, we're going to get go through a bunch of names um, and give our thoughts on if we think some of these guys uh, are shaping up to have Hall of Fame careers, if they're, we think they'll fall short, if we think they'll get there, our general thought, and also how we think the voters might perceive them when they do hit the ballot someday. So, Travis, um, we'll go through these names, and then I'll ask you some questions at the end to kind of give us you know, some final thoughts for the episode. But, Travis, I will start off with a bit of a soft toss. One of the easier ones on the whole list is probably going to be Mookie Betts. So, Mookie Betts, Travis... We didn't talk about him in that last episode because he had not reached that 10 years of service time. But I would say out of everyone who does not currently have 10 years of service time, he might be the biggest slam dunk. Uh, Give me your thoughts on Mookie Bentz as a potential future Hall of Famer. Yeah, right now, eight years in the league, uh, six with Boston, two with the Dodgers. Going to spend, I think, the next, what is it, 12 years with the Dodgers. So he'll have more years underneath the Dodger if he doesn't get traded. But, of course, a player like Mookie Betts, you don't really trade him. Uh, unless you're the Red Sox. Too, yeah, yeah, unless you're the Red Sox too, too often, especially with the money that the, that the Dodgers have um, and the way that we know they'll probably be competitive for the next decade. They'll definitely be utilizing Betts' talent for the next uh, nine, ten years. So uh, Mookie Betts right now, Alex, I think he's definitely easily on the trend and on the track to be a Hall of Famer. You look at some of the numbers. He has an MVP to his name. Uh, every single year, he is up there for Gold Glove, Silver Slugger, uh, putting up monstrous numbers, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think we all kind of fell in love with the way that Trout performs. We're not going to get a Trout every 10 years. You know, Mike Trout's a guy that will come every every century almost. And so with what Mookie Betts has been able to do for his career, insanely, insanely, insanely special, 890 OPS, 134 OPS plus throughout his career, tons of gold gloves. And also the big thing for him is also the war. The war is completely stacking up year after year. Last year, he had a down year. 2021 was not his best year that we've seen Mookie Betts play. He still had a 4.2 war. He still had a 128 OPS plus. He still performed very, very well if you look at it as like an average ball player. So we know he can do better. I think he'll have a good rebound in 22. But right now he's at a 50 war career. I mean, you look at what he's trending at. He's only 29. Exactly. That that number could get really high, Travis. Exactly. You look at what he's trending at. He can look, it almost looks like he could be an easy 90 war guy when his career ends. And honestly, if you get past 70, you get past 80 war, it almost feels like you have a a certainty of almost a slam dunk in the Mm -hmm. Hall of Fame. Maybe Mm -hmm. not a first ballot, but, you know, it's definitely in those 10 years, you should easily get in there. Um, So I think right now, we can easily see that Mookie Betts is going to be a Hall of Famer when his career is over, as long as at least he continues on the path that he's on right now and doesn't have maybe like a huge Andrew Jones dump off at like 31. But I don't really see that happening. Um, playing in L.A., playing for the Dodgers, you're really probably not going to have too much of a, um, I would say, a decline. And I'll, we saw him in 2020, and he had a magical year that year, finishing second MVP. So um, for me, Alex, it's a pretty easy pick. I think he'll definitely be a Hall of Famer one day. Yeah, that was perfectly said. You broke that down uh, very well. I completely agree with pretty much everything you said. It would take it would take a really crazy downturn for him not to make it. I think it's almost like almost a lock at this point, as long as he doesn't like retire tomorrow or something like that. Like, as long as he gets to like you know eleven, twelve years, even if he cuts it short, which he probably won't, because he's like, I feel like he's built to last because he's like. Uh, 
he's a defensive player and he can hit the ball for contact when he needs to. He doesn't really rely on the power. He doesn't really rely on like a lot of the off the athleticism, even though he's very athletic and coordinated. He plays bowling and darts and all this other stuff. I but know you're right. Yeah, he can dunk. I think, but but uh, all that aside, um, I think his skills will kind of be able to stand the test of time and stand up against age for uh, at least uh, several more years. So yeah, and, and I'm also looking now as he signed through 2032. So I mean, That's he, pretty nuts. he's got tons and tons of years left. Um, the war is only going to get better. And as we see now, we see a lot of voters. They are looking at war. They're looking at war in a lot of their voting and the style they vote. So the more you see that in 10 years, I mean, war could be one of the biggest things that you look at when you determine a player's you know value and you look at their career. A 50 war right now, I mean, there are greats in the Hall of Fame that have a 50 war. Yeah. And right now he's at 50 war and he is 29 years old. Um, pretty special kind of player. Uh, yeah, I like I like how you brought that up too because the voters are going to be evolving with the game, right? Yep. In 10, 20 years. You know, I might bring up a player, Travis, later on that's like still in his early 20s. When he hits the ballot, it's going to be like over two decades from now. So those voters are going to be different than the voters today, of course. Um, and they might take a new school mindset looking at lots of advanced stats like war, like, the, like you know, the WRC plus or OPS plus, more so than like just home run total, hit total kind of stuff. But um, I mean, that pretty much covered bets well. We kind of know uh, what we're getting with him. Uh, it's 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 a really good ball player. It's a, you know, a top two ball player of the last decade, probably. So, Travis, moving on now. Another guy who feels like he's in a great spot, but definitely deserves some conversation is Jacob Degrom. Um, Degrom is a player, Travis, who we both like. Talked about him a lot this last season, but there's been an injury bug, right? There's been an injury concern this last season. Hoping that he's able to kind of get through that and uh, rise above that. Another factor is that if they can add DHs to the National League, that might even help him even more in terms of staying healthy. I'm kind of focusing only on pitching and keeping his arm healthy versus you know the rest of his body. But, but Travis, um, I guess give me your initial thoughts on Degrom uh, and how he might you know compare to other Hall of Famers who had because he's not like a traditional like Kershaw, uh, Verlander, Granky track where they kind of started really young and have this longevity. He's all about like he kind of really got really good in his late twenties, early thirties almost, and that's been his peak uh, in his like early to mid thirties. And he's already kind of getting up there in age where I don't know how many seasons he'll last as an elite elite pitcher just because he's already like you know he he's like he's almost, he's like Kershaw's age, which like you think of him being a much younger. But give me your thoughts on Degrom and, and how he might trend up for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and right now I'm looking at it. He has spent yeah eight seasons in the MLB, all at the Mets. Um, started at age twenty six, so. A really honestly an old age to start mm -hmm. and crack into the MLB um, that's something you don't see especially with someone that's as good as he is um, and right now he is 33 years old he'll be 34 uh, June 19th so pretty much halfway through the season he'll turn 34 um, you know what honestly I can see a guy like DeGrom pitching well into his 40s I can see him going into you know almost kind of like a Verlander but almost like a uh, I'm not going to say Nolan Ryan but I kind of am yeah. <laughs> when, when it when it goes into 45. I think some pitchers definitely can go and last um, well into their, you know, early to mid 40s. So I think DeGrom could be someone like that. Um, he's not going to be a guy that's going to have the crazy amount of wins. I mean, for what how good he's been, 77 wins in his career. And honestly, that is just totally responsible blaming on the D on the offense. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we've seen DeGrom prime DeGrom 2018, a 1.70 ERA 
he went 10 and nine that year. I mean, that right there in a stat is just ridiculous. I saw some other fun little things on Twitter where they did, they did stat lines and projections and they were just saying if every time the Mets offense, every single time I think that DeGrom went out there, uh, if the Mets offense put up three runs every single start, I think DeGrom, one of these years, would have had like 30 wins. Yeah, it was, yeah I think I saw that too. It was like, he'd be, he'd be like 32 and one. It, it, three runs it would have been a season that we haven't seen since, you know, Walter Johnson, Christy Mathieson. 30 wins in a season. That would be outrageous. But I think right now he's definitely on track. I think he is in a class with him and like Mike Trout. I would honestly say Mike Trout because I think of how dominant he's been. Um, it's been stupid. I mean, we look at 18 and 19 as, you know, two years back-to-back Cy Youngs, 2020, kind of a crazy year, finished third in Cy Young, but also I have no doubt that he would have finished first if it would have been a full season that season as well. Um, He was doing very, very well. And then in 2021, I mean, he was up there competing with Bob Gibson for the ERA title in a single season, finished ninth in ERA, and that's actually a kind of a good accomplishment. And what he was able to do with only pitching 92 innings this season, still finishing in the top 10, that just shows that the voters still have a lot of respect for him. Alex, I think he's one guy, along with Mike Trout, that this next season, when it comes down to vote or um, sports betting and sports gambling, those are two guys that I would definitely keep an eye on because I think they are going to have huge rebound years. I think with 2020 and 2021 with being injured, I really look forward to 22, them getting back into shape, back into form, and really having a almost a, a career a, a career year. So I think, of course, he's another guy slam dunk for the Hall of Fame. He's been so good. Um, I I really, honestly, I, I have so such high respect for him. And I think, honestly, on the list we made for the All-NL NL East team, he almost made my All-NL all NL East division team right. uh, just for how good he was. But, um, yeah, I mean, really, time will tell. Uh, if he gets injured tomorrow, then, of course, and, you know, if he gets injured and, and doesn't play again, that will be a really, honestly, a really big shame. And he'll be one of those guys that will be kind of on that big snubs list of MLB players that you could literally just make a huge argument for. But um, everything that he's trending towards, I really think he'll be a Hall of Famer. I think there's really no doubt about it. He has been the best pitcher for the last four to five seasons. I think everyone can agree on that. Yeah, uh, well put. Um, there's one comparison I want to draw between him and another pitcher who's not in the Hall of Fame. And I think their careers will end up different, but there's a chance they end up very similar, and that is Johan Santana. So Johan Santana, for those that don't know, pitched from the year 2000 until 2006, uh, seven. 2007 with the uh, Minnesota Twins, and then from 08 uh, through 2012, he pitched with the Mets, and he only pitched for a 12-year career. And I think the voters at that time, Travis, really did not like the low amount of career innings pitched, only right above 2,000, and only being in the league for 12 years, pretty much retired after his age 33 season. Um, So I guess, Travis, I would still think that DeGrom would have more upside over Johan because the better peak seasons, uh, better peak ERAs in, in certain seasons. Yep. Um, I believe both currently have two Cy Young awards. Yeah. Yeah. Two Cy Young awards for uh, Johan and two for DeGrom. And so DeGrom has a chance to really surpass him. If he adds another one of those, adds a couple more, you know, good ERA seasons, but the career war for Johan is 51.7 in just 12 seasons, which is really crazy. Like he really put up big numbers in those years. Some of his best seasons, Travis, uh, 8.7 war, 7.2 war, 7.6 war. That's in three straight years of just dominance. Um, 
in that American League at that time, which is super impressive. But um, I think I think big Bartolo Colon actually took one of those uh, Cy Youngs that he, one year. He did rob that 5 one for <laughs> sure. Um, Bartolo, an angel. Uh, I you know I, I like that he brought success to the team, but I don't think he deserved that award. Uh, either way, Degrom for sure has a chance to surpass uh, Johan's legacy. I think he will. But Degrom right now, he retired in like two seasons, and they're both kind of you know okay seasons for his his. Uh, standards he's currently at 43.4 war so he still needs like eight war or something to catch a guy like johan but which he can do in one season it's kind of crazy with a one like mvp level season he could definitely do that but it's just very interesting how um i guess if you don't get like the high career season number like some voters might snub you and it's just kind of stupid yeah. like i think johan uh, in my mind he should be a hall of famer if you get 50 plus war in eight in 12 seasons it just kind of shows me you you know, you could have got the 60, 70. You just chose to retire early and, you know, you were just kind of done. You were tired of injuring your arm constantly. And, you know, it's it's it's, it's a big toll to be in the big leagues for all those years. But anyway, Travis, I think we talk about DeGrom plenty, so we can probably move on here. Uh, the next name I have written down here, Travis, is someone who is still pretty young and has a lot to prove. Um, but I just kind of want to gauge your thoughts on how he ranks amongst other people at his position in the Hall of Fame. That's going to be Jose Ramirez. So Jose Ramirez Travis is someone who, you know, like I said, he's still a lot younger than guys like uh, Betts and DeGrom, has more to prove. But I think at the third base position, I think that, I don't know, I feel like the Hall of Fame is a bit light there. And that's why there's a guys like Scott Rowland, Travis, who I'm really pushing to be in the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that later in the month. But um, I think that just based on the fact that uh, third base, when you look at the all-time, like, uh, third baseman in the hall. I think that there is room for guys like Jose Ramirez um, has more to do, but give me your thoughts on Jose um, as it stands right now. That's interesting. Yeah. Now I definitely starts getting into the tougher ones. Uh, <laughs> I think bets and the ground were pretty easy, right? Yeah. Hopefully we get some more discussion here. Yeah. And you know, man, that, that is a good one. Cause Ramirez, um, I, I would like to say so because I think as a fan, like you and me, I think we definitely probably, we definitely know a little bit more than the average fan. I mean, you can definitely tell from the last all MLB team that came out this season with Austin Riley winning third base. I think we both knew that was kind of atrocious for right. uh, Ramirez to be left out of even even the honorable mention team. Um, it went to Devers. But, you know, with him, I think right now he he's kind of just in this dark area of playing in Cleveland right now is not a very good bright spot They're, They They haven't really been a winning team. I guess 2020, they made the playoffs, but really, I mean, it, they literally were one and done kind of by the Yankees. They really yep. didn't have a shot. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't even think they won a game. Um, I, think they I think they, the Yankees swept, but, um, you know, I think the last, you know, it, it, going back to his page, I mean, 2017 and 18 back to back years, finishing in the top three of MVP and also silver sluggers. But I, I don't know. I just don't feel like people really, they kind of brush those seasons underneath the rug and they're just kind of not really focused on that kind of stuff. Um, Jose Ramirez, I mean, literally it's crazy how much power and also how many, how many stolen bases he provides every season, which, you know, you really don't realize until you look at the stats. Um, he'll be an interesting one, Alex. I mean, I right now am going to say no. I just think that the voter right now will not appreciate really what he does. I mean, I think they're going to look at some of these percentage stats and say, oh, you know, 278 batting average. That's good, but we just don't think that's going to be Hall of Fame elite on bases of 354. That's good, but we don't think that's going to be, you know, almost MVP or I'm sorry, Hall of Fame numbers. And then the slugging is um, dipping down almost below 500. Right now it's at 501. 
Um, so you're still looking at a really good ball player, but I think that, you know, not really, I guess, high on the war yet. He's at 34.3 war, just had a great year this season at a 6.7 war. I think it honestly might've even been a career year at war. Um, actually was not, he actually had back-to-back 17, 18, back-to-back seven war seasons. And then of course, 19 was only a three war and then 2020 was a 2.4 war. So of course those are, that's not a, really a down year because of the, the shortened season, but, um, he, I, I, I think he'll need some help. And I think honestly, a new scene will, a, a new setting, a new team, um, a team that's probably ready to, to win right now, even playing in New York. I think honestly, if he was playing on the Yankees, you could honestly say it, it looks like a slam dunk. I, I just feel like honestly playing in some markets really lowers your chances. And it's a really sad thing to say, but I feel like playing in Cleveland and just not being a team you watch all the time, it kind of definitely diminishes his chances right now. I'm going to say slightly. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's very fair. Um, good assessment. So currently Jose Ramirez is at 34.3 career baseball reference war. Um, Obviously, a lot of room to grow. He's only, I think, 29, if I'm not mistaken, which, you know, he's due for yes. a, a mm-hmm. big contract. And I think a year from now, I think a year from now, he can sign a big one and probably goes to a good team or goes to at least uh, some team that will, you know, spend big bucks on him, which I don't think is going to be Cleveland. We'll see. But yeah, Travis, I do think that kind of what you're describing about him changing scenery and continuing to produce, I think it's very likely for him. Obviously, it's not a lock. Um, but currently, Travis, I think based on other guys who are around his kind of career production, um, it's kind of interesting. Like when I say guys like Eric Chavez and Troy Gloss, those aren't hall of famers, but, uh, he's only a couple war behind them on the career and he's only 29 still. So he's going to like blow past some of these guys who are like, like, like non hall of fame, third basemen who were mm-hmm. like multiple time all-stars or like got MVP votes. He's going to blow past those guys. So I think in, in, in not too long here, he'll be like above guys like Ryan Zimmerman. He'll be above guys. Like he's kind of on the tail of Manny Machado. Actually, he's about like 10 war behind him as well as Arenado. So like if he can kind of chase down some of those guys, I think he's definitely putting himself in a really good spot. Um, I think he ages well with the, you know, He's kind of a five-tool player. I don't know if he has, you know, great defense or great speed, but the base running is definitely good. And um, it feels like he's always able to kind of be good no matter what is uh, the meta, no matter what is, like, the dominant thing. Like, in 2019, Travis, it was all about power in baseball. Yep. All these home run records are getting broken. He was really good. A little bit before that, he was really good. And then ever since then, they deadened the ball. And this season, he's still really good. So um, he's not like a yellow, which was like these crazy high peaks and these crazy low lows or like a Bellinger type. He's more like, I'm going to be good every year. Um, I'm going to put up five war every year kind of thing. And, uh, I think if he keeps that going, he's in a good spot. I'm going to lean. Yes, that could be biased guys. I like him as a player as well. Um, but yeah, I think that more or less sums up the argument, uh, for him. He's at a 5.7 baseball reference war per 162 on his career. So, that number is going to go down when you get older. You're going to put up some worse seasons and it's going to drop a bit. But he's already above a lot of guys. Like that's even above. I actually, I actually tie with Manny Machado and it's it's one it's point one below Nolan Arenado. So he on like a rate basis is about as viable as those kind of guys. And we think of those guys as almost like they're on a very good track, right, for Hall of Fame. Yeah. But Jose Ramirez is kind of a few years behind them. You, you'd almost say. But and and one thing I'll add too is you know he's in a league right now with when it comes to the third base spot, he's in a league with Bregman, with Chapman, with Rendon, 
um machado yeah uh machado oh, yeah machado playing the nl but i didn't yeah i misunderstood your question yeah a- al guys so i mean i'm also looking at it too as you know i think voters are going to look at awards as well and it's going to be harder and harder to get you know an all-star appearance and possibly win gold gloves and silver sluggers and that might be something that some voters are looking at and as you go down your list in your career and you get older you're going to look and say hey you know i don't really see any gold gloves i didn't see i only i only saw three or four silver sluggers at the third base spot no mvps not really taking home the hardware that i want to see as a hall of famer um an elite class so that might be something that definitely is going to be hindering him when he has a such a very good competition at his position in the same uh league that he plays in right now because i guarantee rendon and bregman are going to win probably some more silver sluggers if not they're going to get some all-star appearances left in their career definitely especially bregman with what he was able to provide in 19 um definitely could see him winning a silver sucker and then chapman i mean i feel like he stays in the american league he can almost win a gold glove every single year right. with what the, the the media and the fans know that they'll bring to the table. So um, it's it's definitely going to be, I think, in, uh, a battle that he'll have to uh, face. And I, and I think that I really I really do think that a change of scenery will be something that will be a refresher and possibly um, could really open the eyes of a lot of voters and a lot of the um, media that whichever league he's in and also the MLB media. But that's just my take on it. I think that no, that makes sense. Um, it's, you know, the hall of fame is kind of it's it's a little bit of a an unfair uh i feel like group and fraternity to be a part of because there are certain unfair things you look at and it's just kind of they set a high standard exactly and i really appreciate that i like the high standard but then again there are guys right now on the ballot that we'll talk about in later relief weeks that i still don't understand what people are thinking or voting on so and, and i think i think third base is a good example of that travis because there's only 15 third basemen in the hall of fame this game has been around That's for crazy. 150 years plus. How is only 15th or baseman good enough? Obviously, like one, one every decade, <laughs> right? And 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 and, and that's that's just a mind blower. And and you know, there's there's gonna be more guys like Roland are really making progress on the ballot. Um, some guys definitely could uh, make the veterans committee. Dick Allen is listed as a third baseman here on Baseball Reference as a primary third baseman. So if that's the case, then you know he'll probably make it at in some point. But Travis, like, there's just a lot of good names like Sal Bondo. Over 60 career war, not in the Hall of Fame. Greg Nettles, almost 70 career war, not in the Hall of Fame. Um, Roland, of course, not in the Hall of Fame yet, but probably will be soon. But there's these guys who are, you know, Jose Ramirez could probably get in this kind of conversation of those guys. And if they didn't make it, will he make it? It makes it kind of hard to say. But I'm of I'm of the opinion that if a, if a position is kind of weak, whereas there's not a lot of representation, then maybe we should increase that by letting some more people, people some more people in but we'll see how that goes travis um we can probably keep moving on now uh a very similar player here because they were former teammates but just kind of briefly uh i want to talk about uh francisco lindor for a little bit so lindor obviously a player who was kind of viewed as a premier shortstop travis a couple seasons ago was viewed as possibly the best shortstop in baseball at a very young age and is still quite young um but i think in the last season two seasons the just the discourse has kind of changed, shifted away from him being the best shortstop. He's now probably more, review, uh, I guess, kind of regarded as like maybe the fourth best through like the sixth best, like somewhere more in that range. Um, he provides great defense, and he's gonna have some pop in the bat, switch hitter. But um, the bat had a weak year this last season, and you know the glove's always gonna be there, and the war will come because the glove is great, and shortstop is a premier, a premier position. But give me your brief thoughts on Lindor. 
you can compare him to Jose Ramirez, or sorry, to uh, yeah, Jose Ramirez or someone else that's a, a shortstop. But um, give me your thoughts on his like uh, his tra- his trajectory. Yeah, and you said it. You said it well. I think 2019, I was a big believer. In my opinion, he was the best shortstop in the entire MLB. Uh, I think no question about it. He was putting up premier numbers. Uh, 2020 shortened season. He kind of came back down to earth and not have the best season. And I did not really think much of it. I basically was not really downplaying anyone that had bad years in 2020 because, you know, you get ready for spring training and then you literally stop and then you go to a two week kind of boot camp and then the season starts. That for some players is just not going to work. And they start getting into their groove at game 50 and they have 10 games left. And it's like, Okay, now this kind of sucks, you know, so I definitely see that there is definitely a downplay there. But then, of course, in 2021, played a full season, only 125 games, though. But you see the numbers actually got worse. And that was a little bit of concerning. Only batted 230 with a 322 on base. Um, I think with him, if he stays, I guess, excellent on the glove side and the defense side, I could see him definitely getting in. I think when it comes to shortstop, a lot of voters are going to be kind to people that have kind of a weaker offense. I look at Ozzy Smith. I mean, you look at his numbers. Right. It, it's, a below it, average batter, <laughs> but a Hall of Famer. It's nothing pretty at all. And even looking at Omar Vizquel, he is getting some insane, um, insane, I guess, you know, talks lately about, you know, does this guy have a really good chance at the Hall of Fame? And some people are actually thinking, yes. I mean, looking at his defense, he should be a Hall of Famer. But then, of course, you look at the offensive side and it's a little bit of a, eh, you know, I actually don't think so because of you know a below average hitter mm-hmm. Lindor I think is a better hitter definitely than than Omar Vizquel yeah. and that Ozzy Smith so I think he's definitely got him beat there but I think it just comes down to providing the good defense throughout the career if it drops a little bit then his offense better pick it back up again because um what was so special about him was being a switch hitter that could do it all could play excellent defense and also could be a great hitter I mean looking at 2018 Alex he had a 6.4 offensive war And that's pretty incredible. And a 1.7 defensive war. So it was almost every year he was nearing that two defensive war on baseball reference, which to me is is pretty spectacular for a primetime shortstop. And then, of course, the offensive war was always around the five, six area. So it was kind of always you're getting six, seven war from Lindor every single year. But um, seeing that the last two years, that was not the case. So I think he definitely still has a lot more to prove. I would say right now, uh, you know, I, I just, I, it's funny because I mean, sometimes I feel like these guys are just, I feel like the Hall of Fame is also a little bit of a popularity contest. And sure, I think Lindor is definitely very popular. Yeah. So I'm going to lean a little bit more on the, he is trending in the right direction rather than Ramirez, who is not, just because honestly, popularity sometimes plays a big key into some of these voting. And I think with Lindor, um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to say it's gonna. He's gonna pick it up, but I think that he will definitely have a better season than he did last season. The only thing that concerns me is that he is now fully into the big contract that he signed, and some of these players, man, it's once they get these big contracts, is it? Is there really any motivation to, you know? I, I guess strive to be the elite player that you were before. You know, I, I, I look it back at a guy like Pujols where it's just like, once you sign the 10 years, it just starts going down. And really you're kind of thinking it's okay. I'm making over, you know, 200, $300 million. So uh, for me, Lindor right now, I would say he's trending slightly still in the hall of fame trajectory, but it, it's getting, it's getting a little bit uh, close. I, I, it's, it's getting close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, w- uh, yeah. You broke that down. Well, uh, I think it's also close. I think that one thing he has going for him is he has a smaller build. He's not like, you know, 
when you look at Tatis, Travis, you can probably say safely Tatis is not going to be a shortstop when he's 35. I think that's a safe thing to say. He's a really tall. He's fast, but I don't know if he's as quick as a guy like Lindor because he's you know higher off the ground. Yep. I think he's either going to switch to like a third base or an outfield at some point in his career, Tatis. Lindor is you know, he's quicker. He's, you know, he's smaller. I think his body is more built to be a shortstop for his whole career, like a Vizquel almost. Because Vizquel was, Vizquel was 40 playing shortstop, you know? Yeah. 40 yeah. plus mm-hmm. playing shortstop. So I think Lindor has almost a similar build to that where he definitely has the arm strength as well as the speed. And he's uh, so far not had a big injury problem in his career. He's played, you know, almost every game, every season ex- up until this last year. Um, and he still played 125 out of 162. So uh, I, I like the way he's trending. Um for me, I have him like below Jose Ramirez, I think, but I think they're both on the kind of the bubble and it's going to really come down to what they can do in the next few seasons. Um, Lindor, Travis, he had a ninth place finish in MVP and then a fifth place, then a sixth place, then a 15th place. So he had four great years where he was top 15 in voting and last two seasons, n- nothing, no all-star, nothing, yeah. no MVP, not even a gold glove, um, which is kind of crazy, but uh, if he can just get back into that conversation a bit, they don't have to win an MVP. You don't have to win, you know, 20 gold gloves, but you just have to get back in that conversation of, you know, being in everyone's thoughts as like a top five shortstop um, for the next decade. And, and, and you're probably, you're probably going to make it to the hall of fame. So we'll see how his career kind of trends, Travis. And now to someone else who um, still has some stuff to prove, but I think that he's putting together quite a career so far. Um, the injury might be staying on the field, uh, but this season he's been, was pretty good in that regard. I'm talking about Aaron judge. So Aaron Judge, Travis, someone who is truly one of the most elite batters in baseball right now. Uh, I think his career OPS plus is around 150, which is like very comparable to some elite, uh, you know, Hall of Fame outfielders. The problem is outfield, Travis, in the Hall of Fame is very deep. You have lots of great, very good. <laughs> lots of great, great sluggers with great, great numbers he's going to have to compete with to get into the Hall of Fame. Um, give me your thoughts on Aaron Judge. I do think being a Yankee probably is a plus. Um, but no ring yet. And that's usually, that could almost be a negative. If you're a Yankee for over a decade and you don't get a ring for them, that could almost be kind of flipped flipped uh, negatively on you. So give me your thoughts on Judge, I guess, in his case, potentially. Yeah, and he's he's very much like a DeGrom. Um, kind of old. I mean, yeah, started I, late. For, for, for what, yeah, what he's offered, only six years. Uh, I think right now he is, he is not 30 yet. So he'll actually be 30 on April 26th, so about the start of the season. So, um judge i mean judge right now he's put together the first season of course a monstrous season i think that was a season that is well above hall of fame numbers right there i mean i think we can all agree with that but again like you said it comes down to the injuries it really is going to be interesting because right now i think he is still in that neutral area where he has the talent to be the Hall of Famer. And I think he, he's every, every skill that he has is Hall of Fame worthy. That's what I'll say, too. Yeah, it just comes down to can you be on the field? Can you help your team win? I actually I wouldn't say that because Mike Trout is a guy that literally has not won a playoff game, but he's a hands down Hall of Famer. So I, it's funny how in you know basketball, you look at team success, you look at player success in the playoffs. You know, yes. that's a big factor in Hall of Fame with baseball you kind of can brush that aside. It takes a lot of different factors to get to the playoffs and to win. But with judge right now, um, you know, I would definitely say, I think he is still trending in that top area because he still is this past season. You know, I think the season was honestly not his, it wasn't his best by far. I think he still has seasons that will be better than this one. Still finished in the top four in MVP, still won a silver slugger, still honestly was one of the top MLB players 
I think he was all, all MLB first team, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, okay. I, I think you were, because I think you, you you had him on your list, and then he actually did win um, for all MLB. So I think he still is getting the popularity vote as well as yes. still being a, a proven talent. Um, the biggest thing, Alex, is just, it, you know, it, it, it's the health, and that is what's going to determine if he's going to be in Cooperstown or not. I think when it comes to the entire skill set, like I said, it is all Hall of Fame worthy. Uh it's just health and you know it's gonna be interesting too next offseason he will be a free agent yes and honestly it sounds really weird to see if the yankees would let him walk and not do anything about him because you get a full good season of aaron judge you're getting to a guy that's going to near 10 war i mean you're getting an almost an all-time great single season uh performer but you're also going to be paying a guy uh a lot of money and if he's only playing 30 games you know, not even a hundred games in a season, then you're going to be looking at, okay, what do we got to do with this guy? I think he'll definitely stay in the AL because I think, well, I guess we don't know yet with the DH thing, but I was yes. going to say, I think that he'll definitely become kind of part of a DH um, right fielder. But the thing that's so unique is his defense is so good and he's got yeah. a huge arm, which is why would you keep that guy out? And so I think he's definitely still trending for the hall of fame. I think it just is health, and that is the biggest thing. Um, honestly, with what he was able to do this season and what he was able to do in 2017, I mean, right now you're looking at a guy that probably easily, easily could still hit 400 home runs, maybe even 500 home runs. He's got 158 home runs. That's not a lot comparing to what his age is right now. <laughs> I but, mean, but he could go 40 a year You're right. for you're right. the next five years and, if and, he's healthy. And, and you're, to, you're sorry that he can do something like Nelson Cruz where he just goes 40, 40, 40, and then you're right there knocking on 500. Um, it'll really just come down. It's going to be interesting because, I mean, right now only 571 hits, and I feel like, you know, Hall of Fame, I feel like a lot of guys look at, does he have 3,000 hits? No. Okay, I don't, I don't like that. And does he have 500 home runs? No. Okay, I don't like that. They have these certain right. milestones that the, if you don't hit – I don't even want to discuss you anymore. So um, I don't think, of course, the hits will be anything he'll be coming close to or the RBIs. But when it comes down to the home runs, I think he can definitely still be a 400, possibly 500 home run guy. Uh, it's just the health, man. This guy needs to stay in the lineup and stay healthy, and he'll be super, super productive. Um, it's I mean, looking at his numbers this year, it's still really shocking what he put up, and it was still a very good season, top four MVP. Um, just gotta be in the lineup yeah yeah I, I completely agree uh i almost see his career trending possibly a bit like a bryce harper maybe i think he could get another mvp in a couple years here if he just you know or his first mvp sorry yes of course he finished second uh to altuve i do think if you look at it it's crazy that a five foot six guy beat it over him <laughs> I, I i think that you know, I'm ignoring the cheating completely. I think that there's a really good case for Judge. Though OPS plus was 171. That's that's obviously going to be, you know, MVP level stuff. You're playing great defense out there. He had a, what was it here? He had a, a 8.0 war, which is, you know, monstrous. Good enough for a rookie of the year, but not an MVP. So, Travis, you're right. I think he could get his first MVP in a couple seasons here, which would be kind of his second monster year, right? Like his second, like... You know, I kind of view Bryce Harper's career as like a huge, you know, a good, good to start out, but then a huge peak in 2015. And then it kind of went back down and then a huge peak in this, like, you know, later on. I think Judge could do something kind of similar. Um, and they're both outfielders. So I kind of made that comparison. But Travis, I think that Judge, it, like you said, will come down to staying on the field. I think the Yankees extend him. I think he's a Yankee for life. You know, there's no way to know that for sure. But um, just based on 
I guess the way he's received by the fans, he's really beloved. Um, and he puts up crazy value. I mean, even though he's only played a career, 572 games is not a lot at all, but he's at a 26 war. So if he just, you know, if he can just be, you know, relevant and playing the game of baseball, he's going to get a, a, a 130 games. That's all. That's all we're asking. <laughs> yeah. 130 games a year for the next decade. You're going to be at 50, 60 something more, maybe more than that. So, um, yeah, I think that he is trending for the hall of fame. I think he will probably make it someday. It will come down to staying on the field. Like you said, um, let's keep moving. Travis, uh, someone else who is kind of sim. I wouldn't say that similar. Actually. Uh, this is also an outfielder who, uh, for a while, I thought was the second best player in baseball. The last two seasons, he's proved that it's not the case. Uh, that's going to be Christian Yelich. So Yelich, Travis, um, I would say, I mean, first of all, I'll just say that I like him a lot. I might have a bit of a bias for him. I do think he is bound to bounce back at some point. Um, but the last two seasons were very rough for him. Uh, in 2020, a 110 OPS plus. In 2021, a 99 OPS plus. So he's been pretty much an average hitter. In the last couple of seasons, and you combine the average hitter with someone who's probably getting, uh, probably getting slower, probably getting a bit worse at defense because he's now uh, 30. He, yeah, he just recently turned 30 about a month ago. So, um, as you age, you're gonna lose some of that speed and some of that defense, and you know all that kind of will start slipping with age. But he has an MVP and a second place finish uh, to his name, which is obviously a huge plus. Uh, and his career war is at 33, which. Um, is nothing that nothing that you know, nothing nothing that I guess be down about. But when you're already age thirty with thirty three, and your last two seasons were like your worst two seasons, I would start raising a bit of an eyebrow. Um, I was super high on him for a while, and now I'm not as sure. So Travis, give me your thoughts on Yelich. I guess at least you know how do these last couple seasons kind of affect how you think of his uh, his case for the Hall? Yeah, you put it in a great way. Um, I I'm not too sure with him either. I I I see eighteen and nineteen and you are just looking at history. You're looking at historically good seasons. Um, it's great to see, honestly, from 13 all the way to 20, uh, 2017, you know, he was definitely building his case. Numbers are getting slightly better, slightly better. He's definitely primed to have a breakout season, if not a, just a monstrous season. He had it in 2018. And then in 2019, he did better. Didn't win the MVP that year, but in my mind, he, he was pretty much the MVP that season just because you don't put up those kind of se- those numbers. You don't lead the NL in batting average, on base, slugging, and also OPS and OPS plus to honestly finish second. I feel like when you have that clean sweep, that royal flush, if you would, if I would say, uh, for those percentage stats, you have to win the MVP. Um, okay. I, I know, of course, Bellinger had um, the the LA lifestyle the la the hollywood light on him i think that definitely helped him win it and of course uh, the first half was very good yeah and I also say the defense is, is a difference maker you're right you're right on that too and so um it's just this drop off i'm i mean i'm, I'm not saying it's it's kind of like andrew jones but i just feel like with andrew jones we'll talk about it later but i i, I see this drop off in 2020 and then in 2021 it gets worse i mean almost practically gets worse in 2021 and you know you provide a 1.2 war this past season didn't even break 10 home runs on the season and and to me that that's kind of insane to say and didn't even crack 10 stolen bases in the season i mean you're looking at 2019 he had 44 homers and 30 stolen bases this past season he can't even get 10 of each um it's something that will be 
he'll have to definitely fix in the 2022 season. And I think honestly, if he gets back on track, no, let's not even talk about having a 1000 OPS. If he can get back on track and get back to an 850 and 875, close to a 900 OPS. Oh yeah. Oh, he's, he's for sure on track for hall of fame level, but I just see the drop off and it's almost like you go back to your rookie seasons with these OPS numbers and these OPS plus numbers. And to me, that's definitely something I do not want to see for a hall of famer for a hall of famer. I either want to see a good seven, eight year prime peak, or I want to see longevity for your whole entire career. Um, two years is not really going to do it for me. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I guess I would ask you this too. take out 18 and 19. Alex, is he a hall of, is that, is that, career right now even you know all-star all worthy it, it's not notable it's mm -hmm. not that notable yeah. he would have one gold glove one silver slugger and like one top 20 mvp finish if you take out those two years but obviously his main case is how good he was in that back-to-back -back year stretch and you almost say we saw him do it right can he do it again yeah. and that's really the big question what i will say travis is one thing that i do like about him is his exit velocity numbers are still really good even when he's been bad the last two seasons the issue has not been hitting the ball hard. He hits the ball very hard, and he walks a lot still. But his big issue has been uh, hitting the ball on the ground. He just hits hard ground balls, and it's just not a recipe for, for, for a big power because, like you see, the home runs. You went from 36 in 18 to 44 in 19, and then it just, it just drops 12 in the short season and then 9 last year. He stopped hitting home runs because he's not hitting the ball. The launch angle has been terrible the last couple seasons. Um, I think that there could be an adjustment to go back to the way it was because we saw him do it, and he's not like a worse. He's not like worse, you know, strength-wise. He still has the pop. I do believe that, um, and you know, the speed is not bad. Still, it's it's going to be you know above average. It's going to come down to getting that ball in the air again and kind of fixing your swing and figuring out what you need to do to, to return to form. I think he can do it, but I'm leaning away from it right now just because of. Yeah, he has for a while, Travis. I feel like he kind of proved it to us. 164 OPS plus, yep. 179. He proved okay. He's an elite batter. The last two years, he like lost our approval. He like, I no longer trust you because I've seen you be great, but you've been uh, really bad the last, you know, uh, about average for the last two seasons. Which is, you know, we we have higher expectations for him. But uh, continuing continuing to move on, Travis. Uh, we're gonna go to another pitcher. Um, possibly the consensus second best pitcher in baseball. Uh, I'm talking about Garrett Cole. This is someone who had an amazing 2019 season with the Astros, uh, lost game seven of that world series. I really thought we were going to get like a hall of fame kind of moment from him. If they put him in relief, that game, of course, does not get the ball famously after they lose the game, puts on his like agent's hat, does not put on an Astros hat. He says, I'm a free agent now. Um, we all kind of knew he was gone from the Astros. Off to Anaheim, right? We thought so, Travis. <laughs> we thought so. We hoped so. Went to the Yankees. Still of, haunts me to this day. Went to the Yankees, of course, Travis. And as a Yankee so far, has been good, I will say. Um, has not done 2019 again yet, um, but he definitely could. Give me your thoughts on Garrett Cole. Um, if you're the second best pitcher in baseball for a good, like, you know, few year stretch how does that kind of stack up for a hall of fame case yeah i actually think he's he's on trend i think he is on um on pace for the hall of fame right now um i think honestly he'll probably reach um he'll probably reach 3000 strikeouts and i think that's a definitely a good milestone to look at uh just about to 17 100 strikeouts right now so he's still got about halfway to go but right now i think he just finished his 30 season he is um 
I think he's 31 years old. Yeah, 31 years old. So um, turned turned 31 in September. So he's still got, you know, I think he still definitely has about 10 years still left in the tank easily. You know, looking at his entire career, starting off with Pittsburgh, uh, really was a bright spot on that rotation for Pittsburgh. And, I mean, right out of the gate, 2013, his rookie season, Pittsburgh was in the playoffs. So he literally was on playoff teams to start his career. Pittsburgh, of course, kind of faded, I think, in 2016-17. They weren't what they were. And actually, Cole wasn't wasn't what he was right. early off in his career. It's kind of amazing. In 2015, it was his third season. Got fourth in Cy Young those years in that year. Uh, 260 ERA. I mean, really elite kind of stuff. And then, of course, you see him get traded to Houston in 2018. I feel like had a year that really was kind of under the radar. I really did not consider him too much in 2018 as like a huge threat for the Cy Young. But he finished fifth. He had a 288 ERA, got 15 wins. 2019, that is when you get the dominant Garrett Cole, 326 strikeouts. That is the most in MLB that season. Pitched well over 200 innings pitched, a 2.50 ERA. That is the most in the or that that is the best in the AL with 20 wins. I think he went on that streak that he he didn't lose a game from May till like game it, one of the World Series. Right, and so it was honestly pretty remarkable what he was able to do. Also in the playoffs, so I think he's still on track. 2020. Again, I think people said he kind of fell off, but still a 2.84 ERA. I know it's short, but he still finished fourth in Cy Young. And then this season, I think this season was actually more of a letdown than the last three seasons because I felt like he just had the Cy Young easily this season. Some guys were started to get injured with, of course, the um, the uh, the sticky stuff on the baseball. Right. Yeah. And so Fire I feel like it was kind of his to take and uh, finished second in ERA again against or finished second in uh, Cy Young to Robbie Ray. And uh, had a 3.23 ERA, which to his standards is definitely not where he wants to be and not good for him. But of course, for the uh, dominant pitcher, it's still a very good number. Led the AL in wins. Um, I think every season he still has bright points to add to his career. So I think, honestly, he still is a pretty good case for a Hall of Famer right now. I think when you look at the last four seasons, he's, if not a top two, he's a top three kind of starting pitcher. So I think the prime for the last four years has been very, very good for Garrett Cole. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm pretty much on pace with what you're saying. Uh, I agree the last season was not, uh, you know, what he was hoping for because if he just kind of balled out the last couple months, he would have got the award, right? Like Definitely. It was at the beginning, people were saying Cole was like second place to like Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn falls off and kind of gets replaced by Robbie Ray. But like Cole was right there, second place almost at the beginning of the season in the running. And at the end of the season, he was finished second place as well. Um, I do think that if he doesn't get his, you know, you know, people might not know, but he had like a hamstring injury late in the season. And people kind of say he choked in the playoffs. I think he was playing hurt. And I think, you know, he's the kind of guy who wants to be out there no matter what. Uh, cost it for his team in the wildcard game, of course, but that just, you know, one game is not going to determine your legacy. I do think that he is, you know, due for some another crazy season at some point. If you just look at Travis's 18, 19, 20 uh, season just combined, I mean, it's just really, really great. Obviously, one of those seasons is short, but he's pretty much out there, you know, every game. He's in the rotation every start. He's, you know, pitching at a well above average level and, uh, uh, you know, an ace level essentially uh, for a several year stretch. And then even though last season was a bit of an underwhelming thing, I mean, you're still second and second in Cy Young in the American league. Uh, he's definitely going to be a front runner going into the next couple seasons. It'll probably be him and glass. Now as like the big name 
uh, I guess, threats for that Cy Young Award uh, going forward. And I think some of his advanced stats are still pretty good. Um, They're very good, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think if you if most guys that, that like the advanced stats, they're still going to say Garrett Cole is still one of the top dogs. And, of course, some of the other traditionalists that are going to look at some of the older stat numbers are still going to say numbers are still really good. So, yeah. I think both parties definitely would, would, would come together and agree with Garrett Cole. That's a great point because, yeah, his FIP is good and his, like, you know, his XERA, those kind of, like, fan graph stats, they're very good. Um you know they were better than uh than the Cy Young winner Robbie Ray um which is why some people gave uh some first place votes to Cole but uh Travis like you said some of the uh, traditional stats he gets tons of strikeouts we yep. love that mm-hmm. uh even strikeout percentage were for like Fangraphs people they love that too the strikeouts per 9 is really good uh does not walk too many guys gives up a home run every now and then but that's 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 no big deal in this kind of era so um that pretty much wraps up Cole Travis moving on to a guy that you like a lot you're a guy, I would say. I think when I when I think Hot of corner. when I think yeah when I think of this player, I think of Travis. He's gonna be Nolan Arenado. Um, of course, was a Rocky, was Mister Rocky for you know a good stretch of, of years. Gets traded to the St. Louis Cardinals and has I would not say a bad season. Just has kind of a kind of a middle expectation season. He did not overperform, but he did not you know he still was an All Star. He still got consideration for different awards. Um, was still a great defender, of course. Travis, uh, give me your thoughts on Arenado's Hall of Fame trajectory, his pace. How do you think this change of scenery might affect his uh, Hall of Fame status? Because that Coors who's racking up the homers, racking up the extra base yep. hits. Mm-hmm. That's going to slow down when you leave Colorado. Definitely. Give me your thoughts on, on his case going forward. You know, I I yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be favoritism, but I, I still think, yeah, he he's still on a pretty good pace. I think, um, you know, every year of his career, yes, every season, Alex, he wins a goal. He's won a goal club. So he literally is going to be one of the best defenders when his name is on the ballot and probably one of the best defenders besides Brooks Robinson for the hot corner. If you want to include also Mike Schmidt, he was a great defender there too, but probably those three third basemen are the best defenders in baseball history. You could definitely say for third base. So, um, I think he'll definitely get in right now looking at 269 homers and 296 doubles. So honestly, looking at him, you could possibly say he'll he'll definitely be 400 doubles, 400 um, home runs. Right now, I don't quite know if he still has kind of what's left in him to get to 500. I thought, honestly, early on in his career, he definitely was 500 trajectory. I mean, 42 home runs, 41 home runs, 37, 38, 41. He was literally almost hitting 35 to 40 home runs a season. Um, That was incredible. I mean, that was really incredible. Also, the batting average numbers were still very, very good right now, 288. I definitely think that'll be one of the biggest hits as he is playing his career in St. Louis. I think, honestly, he can get down probably in the 260s for a career batting average when it's all said and done that will also affect his on base um and the slugging i think will take a slight hit his ops numbers i think will definitely be going down um could finish at like an 850 ops but i think when you look at the glove that will be the big factor in getting him in and also providing this the counting stats the rbis the home runs the doubles the hits i think all that stuff will still be at a very good level and a good pace um, I think also, I, I, I mean, I know this award hasn't been around for a long time, but he's already the all time, you know, platinum glove winner of, of, you know, MLB history. But of course, it's only been around for 10 or 15 years. So he, of course, is easily going to take that. But um, I think when it's all said and done, you're gonna be looking at a guy that probably has 15 gold gloves. And when you play an infield spot like third base, the hot corner, and you're just taking rockets every single day to win 15 gold gloves, that really 
puts you in another class of defense. So I think that will definitely be a great factor in getting him to the Hall of Fame. So I think he'll be a Hall of Famer um, just by continuing the pace that he's on. But yeah, it, the, the numbers will, of course, take a hit from going to St. Louis. But you know what? I think that playing in St. Louis will also add a bit of an you know elevated play from him as well. They're going to be a good team. They're going to be a, you know, a factor to make the playoffs every single year. Uh, so I think that having that level of um, success will also help him um, play as well. I just hope he doesn't play like he did in the wildcard game because I, I think he struck out two or three times, and I don't know if he was even seeing the ball that day. So um, a, a trip back to L.A. was not nice to him, but uh, I think he definitely is um, on pace. It's he'll, he'll be a guy that, honestly, I don't think he'll, – he'll never win an MVP, I don't think. I think he's just – it's kind of funny. He'll, he just – he won't be that guy because – He'll always come so close, or as he did in Colorado. But it'll be interesting to see if he can get back on pace to winning, you know, getting in the top 10 of MVPs, you know, back-to-back seasons like he did in Colorado. But yeah. um, I think he definitely is. I think most I think most of the voters, of course, they like home runs. They like RBIs. They like hits. They like those numbers. And those are definitely stats that they love. And also gold gloves. When you got a guy that right now is just finished his 30 season and has never not won a gold glove, I think that definitely says something about you. So um, I think definitely he'll be on pace and he should get into the Hall of Fame. Okay, yeah. So my take is is pretty similar. Um, so his OPS last year was 807, which is a big step down. His career is at 880. And because in Colorado, he had seasons drive us over 900, uh, four straight years. Uh, two of those years was above a 950 OPS. So was definitely a premier bat in Colorado. Was a big RBI guy, a big home run guy, a big double guy. Um, and the average was pretty solid too. It was usually around a 300, sometimes a little bit above or a little bit, a little bit below. But Travis, uh, this last season, he was a 355 hitter, a 312 on base, a 494 slugging. Uh, like I said, for an 807 OPS. But Travis, the interesting thing is his OPS plus in 2021 was 121, which matches his career OPS plus. What that tells me is that this is kind of just who he is and he was playing in Coors before. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because he was still a very good player. He put up 4.1 war. In Coors, he had uh, multiple uh, six plus war seasons. He actually had four different seasons where he had over a six base reference war. Um, what that tells me, Travis, is every single year he's going to be in the all-star conversation. He will probably get MVP votes a lot going forward. He didn't get any this year, but I think that will change. I think that um, at some point here, he'll have a better season. Like I think him and Goldschmidt are going to be in a spot in the St. Louis where one of them will get some MVP conversation. It kind of yeah. depends who has the better season. Mm-hmm. Um a talented team like that with lots of good defense and lots of good bats going around, it'll be hard to kind of uh, establish yourself as like the best guy in that team. But he can be that guy in a season or two coming up. Uh, so he'll definitely get some MVP votes before his career is over. Um, I completely agree with that. Uh, 269 career homers, like you said. I don't think 500 happens just because of the. If he stayed, if he if he just signed this this you know 12 year deal in in Colorado, I think he would. Yeah. But it just the way it goes, um, switching ballparks. I also have heard recently that like. I guess he's really pull heavy, which makes sense because that's how you get lots of power. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pull heavy and he's good at hitting five balls, but he, uh, I think that the St. Louis ballpark is actually not favorable for like righties who pull the ball, which is just kind of a funny, like luck of the draw, like sucks for him kind of thing. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, uh, at the end of the day, Travis, a 121 OPS plus, if he can maintain that for the next, you know, 
five, six, seven years with his level of defense, assuming that stays put, he I think he'll be a slam dunk Hall of Famer. Uh, he I, he'd get my vote at least if if he gets up to like sixty something WAR, the defense will be really great. Um, I could see him surpassing that number two because he's only like you said he's thirty already at 44.3 war so if he can get the 60 or 70 war he has my vote and i think he does get there with the defense um you know the speed's not really there and i don't think it really matters he's just kind of needs to have a good glove and stay hitting around 25 30 home runs a year for like the next five six years and he'll have my vote so i think that's kind of where i'm at yeah and i think also too even like you know i, I always want to say next season but i also I, you know maybe first year in a new ballpark a new kind of you know just a new part of the country a new you know everything so um maybe next season too we can definitely see him get back hopefully back up to like the average numbers that he was putting up always around like a 290 batting average every single season and i think that's definitely you're not going to see that too much um as we kind of go into this new uh decade i feel like the batting average numbers are definitely going down so right people um, people kind of focusing on power over base hits definitely definitely so we'll see kind of how that transitions into 2022 um and yeah i mean it's it's kind of funny i, I he's kind of like the lindor when in 2019 my, i think my all mlb team in 2019 alex was lindor arenado no question about it easily because they brought the defense and they also brought the hitting and they were just such a versatile bunch but 2020 Again, both guys really fell off. Arenado definitely fell off in 2020. Still was able to win a gold glove and a platinum glove. I think that was the only bright spot because he looking at it an 86 OPS plus um that season. It was just nothing pretty to look at and watch. 2021 definitely picked it up again. Um, of course, playing a full season, getting all those uh getting, you know, all the jitterbugs out in spring training. And then of course you can start getting ready as the season starts in April, like a regular season. But um, yeah, I, again, I think some of these seasons will definitely tell what kind of hitter he'll be for his career. But when it comes to defense, um, it's elite and it's not really slowing down right now. That's one thing that I think with Jose Ramirez, um, the deep, the offense is somewhat similar. I think Jose Ramirez right now is definitely trending higher on the offense, but not really on the defensive. I, and I know I'm going to be a traditionalist and really look at awards, but I think that's definitely a huge factor is, you know, were you winning these type of awards season and season out? Um, Mike Trout is a guy that does not win gold gloves, but we both know his defense is, you know, it's up good. there with it's up there with the greats. But um, yeah, I think Arenado will definitely um, have to, of course, pick things up on the offensive side. But right now, I think he's definitely trending for that Hall of Fame. Uh, good, good. I'm going to keep the train rolling on another third baseman, Travis, someone who we both like because he plays for our team. It's going to be Anthony Rendon. Um, someone else who I think there's similarities and there's differences with him and Arenado. Um, I see him as more of a – Arenado is a very consistent player, I feel like. There's the 2020 – Short season, you can throw that out. I think besides that, you're getting the same kind of guy almost year in, year out. Um, you're going to have pretty solid power numbers. You're going to have a great glove. Uh, the average might be a little fluctuating, but the OPS plus will be very similar. Rendon's different. Rendon kind of really hit a good peak. He was like an average hitter up until 2016, uh, had some good years and some whatever years, but all of a sudden becomes like a guy who gets top 10 MVP votes. He just became that kind of guy overnight. He became instantly a 139 OPS plus in 2017 and then a 137, so kind of stayed the same the next year. All of a sudden, Travis, 2019, of course, his breakout year. Well, he already was a breakout kind of MVP vote getter, but he became a guy who actually had real thoughts of, could this guy win the MVP? Even though we have great years of Mielich and Bellinger, he finished third behind those two with a 10-10 OPS, a 157 OPS plus. And of course, Travis, 
um, you know, a cherry on top, the World Series win, of course, 7.1 war that season. Uh, I think the way he kind of brought his team back with, of course, the back-to-back homers with him and Soto against Kershaw in that Game 5 of the NLDS, I think a moment like that helps your Hall of Fame case. And it's kind of weird. It really shouldn't. One at-bat shouldn't make that much of a difference. But that really, without that at-bat, they don't, I don't think that they have that they're, big. They're literally an NLDS team that if they flamed out. They lose every year in the NLDS. They never get to the championship series, and they never can do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so because of that at bat, uh, he gets to Kershaw. It helps Soto get to Kershaw, and all of a sudden the game's tied. Uh, and so because of that, Travis, I think little moments like that can really help his case. And he ha- obviously had a below average 2021 for his standards. A 240 average is below his standards. A 329 on bases below his standards and the slugging was just not good at all he didn't have the power for whatever reason only six home runs on the year only played 60 games i i do maintain that a big reason for the the down year is the injuries uh consistently going back and forth off the injured list onto the field back on the injured list that cannot be good for your i guess your mental when you're up there in the batter's box also cannot be good for your power numbers when you have these random strains in your legs and stuff that explains to me the 60 or sorry the six home runs if it was 60 that'd be pretty good but yeah i think he, I, he also had a lot of warning track power i think this year we, we, we saw a lot of times where it came just to the warning track and we're like oh my gosh he probably would have 10 10 to 12 home runs right now and to me travis i will say my little theory that that might be some of the dead and ball happening. And, you know, apparently there's rumors that the MLB is using two different balls sometimes, which is just kind of wild and weird. And I want, I want to get to the bottom of that someday, but, <laughs> but there are different guys, Travis, who I think had great power in 2019, or at least good, like gap power and stuff like that. And like, uh, you know, got a good, like over 30 home runs, like guys like Bregman guys like Rendon and their power definitely took a dip um, after 19, when they kind of switched up the balls and kind of, you know, rework things. I think that Rendon, um, went from a guy who hits, you know, 30 home runs to a guy who maybe hits like 22 or 25. And that's still okay. I think that's still a really good spot to be at. Um, but yeah, I think, give me your thoughts on Rendon, I guess his case, um, how, you know, how it compares to some other third baseman, I guess. And what does he have to do? Only nine years so far. Um, the career war is not that of Machado or Arenado. It's not on that same level. It's only at 32. So still has a lot to go, but Overall, 32 for nine years in and only being uh, 31 years old, um, he's 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 on some sort of track. So what do you think? Yeah, and I mean, for how much I, I, I enjoy watching him play and for what he did in 2019, like you said, in the playoffs, it was just, it was magical. And then, uh, you know, even still in 2020, still being a good player. I, again, I think people just did not realize the season he had. He still had a great year, a really poor start. I know he actually was, uh, I think he did not play the first week of 2020. I know Angel fans were just like, injuries start now. Yeah. <laughs> we knew that injuries were starting now. And then, of course, got going, had a little bit of a slow start. But I think actually the last 30 games, he was on fire and still finished with a 915 OPS with a 150 OPS plus. Still very, very good. Real, real, real quick, Travis. I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot to mention it. People kind of forget about his 2020. Yeah. I think that people, like I've talked to people who say like, oh, ever since he became an Angel, he's been bad. Go Not look true. at go look at the 2020, a 150 OPS plus. 10th in MVP voting, played 52 games of the 60. So if he played a full 60, if he was healthy the whole time, he might have even gotten up to like 7th or 8th in MVP voting. He put up a very solid 2.2 war in just 50, 50-something games. So that that's great in and of itself, I Definitely, say. definitely it is. And, um, and yeah, I mean, honestly, you look at 2018, 19, 20, I mean, putting together really good seasons, even 2018 as well. Um, Alex, I just don't think it comes to when it comes to counting stats and it comes to home runs and being a third baseman and, you know, you're supposed to be kind of this 
I guess you're supposed to be looked at as this power hitter kind of guy. 151 home runs. He'll probably hit 300 home runs in his career. He'll probably get to about, you know, 1,200 RBI. Still very, very good. Um, I think it just, when it comes down to him, he will be a guy that needs to really focus on, I think, the percentage stats because I think that's going to be where he could possibly make a very strong push for a Hall of Fame case. Right now, doing very, very well, a 287 hitter. I could see a guy like him honestly getting better with age and still batting 300 at, you know, age 38. I could really see him doing that. I could see him like, kind of like almost a Gurriel kind of development. Yeah, it, no, exactly, exactly. And honestly, still with an on-base, probably even going higher to like 380 and a slugging, possibly even getting around 500. Um, could have an OPS still, honestly, near the 900s. Still could finish with a career OPS, even though you're still looking at him to de- decline. But I think with him and his style... He knows he's not gonna. He's not going out there to hit home runs. That's what I love about him too. He loves to drive the ball into the gaps, and it doesn't matter which gap. He loves to go oppo. Yeah, he loves to, to pull it. Fields. And so I really like his style of hitting. I think he is really smart. I honestly, one thing I really appreciate appreciate about him is when he's in the batter's box, he's almost looking around the field to see where he should hit this ball, wherever the ball is going to be pitched. I think in the World Series, I literally saw him looking down the third base line, all the way down the first base line. And he's really just judging wherever this pitch is going to be pitched. That's where I'm trying to hit it. And a number of times you see him hit it over to the second base side. Altuve is not there because they have a shift on and he's just a, a smart, very smart ball player. But I don't know. It, it's going to take a lot for him to get back in that discussion. The awards, really not too many awards to really favor him right now. Only one all-star appearance. Um, it, it definitely is going to be a big uphill battle to make i think a strong push on the ballot but i think right now um he's just one of those players that will go down as a very good player but i think cooperstown is probably out of reach for him right now yeah that's fair that's a fair assessment um one thing that's interesting a 126 career ops plus even though his start to the career was not great that's better than Aaron Donald's right now, which is kind of if I told you, Travis, who's the better hitter, Rendon or Aaron Donald for the career, I'm yeah. sure you would say Aaron Donald because I mean that just kind of makes sense. Like you look at the home run numbers mm-hmm. and it makes sense. Uh the average is usually gonna be better too with Aaron Donald. But yeah, I think that I think that there's a lot of upside. If Rendon can just tap into his 2020 self for a few more seasons, I think he's back on track. But as of right now, I agree. Um, he's not looking uh, too hot for the Hall of Fame just because of the counting stats like you mentioned. I do think the rate-based stats could carry him a bit. If he can get up to a career like over a 130 OPS+, plus, which is definitely very possible. If he has like two more seasons at a 150 and a couple more like at a 130, then he'll be around a 130 for his career. Um, if he can get that for like, you know, two decades of being at a 130 or maybe just like, you know, a decade and a half, um, there could be a case there if he gets up to like uh, maybe a 50-something war. But uh, I think the big problem for him is third base is very dense right now. Definitely. There's lots of good third basemen in the league. If he makes it, that means probably Machado made it and Arenado made it and Jose Ramirez probably made it. So like a lot has to happen um, for him to kind of make it. And I think it's a very hot class of third basemen. And like we said, only 15 third basemen in the whole Hall of Fame. So the voters really going to say, okay, every decade we let in like one guy, but this decade we're going to have like five guys. That's going to be kind of hard to believe, I'd say. So I'm leaning towards no as well. But yeah, I like the guy. I think he can definitely bounce back and uh, continue to prove, I guess, what his what his ceiling looks like. And if he gets back to there, um, I think this guy's the limit. Uh, Travis, moving on now. This is the last pick before we get into some of like the younger faces that I, I also wrote down. But um, this is someone who I brought to I brought this up to you before, um, not on the podcast, just privately. I think that there's a case to be made 
You might think there's no case. I don't want to hear what, you, what your initial thoughts are. I'm talking about Angels and Simmons. So Simba Travis <laughs> is someone who you hear his name and you don't think Hall of Famer. You know he's an MLB veteran. He's been in the league for a little while, but you don't think Hall of Famer. But let me make the brief case and then you can give me your thoughts. He's played now 10 seasons. This last season was his 10th season in uh, the big leagues. He has 37.3 career baseball reference war, and he's only 32. I think his defense might age well because he's not really relying on speed at shortstop because he doesn't have a lot of speed. He just kind of relies on his really quick reflexes. He's got a great arm, a lot of power behind his arm. I don't think he's going to age poorly. I think he's going to age well defensively at the position. Like I said, Travis, a 37.5 B war. If he can get to like 55 something, if he keeps playing really good defense, uh, do you think there's any shot he has to make the Hall of Fame? Uh, looking at his prime, age 25 and through tw- uh, 20, what is this? Age 25 through age 28, he was a 4.5 WAR, a 4.4 WAR, then a 7.9 WAR, and a 5.7. So he was like hovering in terms of like give me some MVP votes. And uh, I think Travis. I think there's something to be said about defensive specialists. Um, Ozzie Smith is in the Hall of Fame, and he is a worse hitter than Andrew Simmons. That's just a fact based on, the, on, the, on, I guess, the numbers that I see, the OPS Plus and stuff like that, and the peak seasons of OPS Plus. But um, at least they're comparable. I'm not big on counting stats. I don't really care that his hit total is not going to be great and his home run total is going to be you know, really low. I think that um, there's a case to be made just based on purely defense. If you're the best defender at shortstop, which is – the most important position, arguably, uh, for a decade. Is there a Hall of Fame case there? What do you think? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, and, and, and give me your honest thoughts. Don't, no. Because you know you know my take. I want to hear, you know, no, what, and, tell, and, tell me what you I think. Mean, my, my pure honest take is there's no shot. There, there's no shot, in my opinion, for Anderton Simmons. Um, I don't think he... You know, it's funny. If you made just a defensive Hall of Fame, Alex, he is definitely in that defensive Hall of well, Fame. Well, I, I hope he'd be first ballot. But yeah. He doesn't really have the, the name recognition like an Ozzy Smith or something. Exactly. Like that. He He's kind of just an undervalued shortstop. The hitting is just nothing ever really special to even look at. It's funny even looking at Ozzy Smith. He, you're right. He better has better numbers than Ozzy Smith. But Ozzy Smith, is it, it, it's a different era. Um, Ozzy Smith, I think, played some very crucial playoff games and like you said i think that moment that hitting the home run off one of the dodgers hitters i think is 1985 that still goes down to like one of the top home runs like in playoff moments in history you always see it on highlight reels and it's kind of just like what's so special about this but it's like a guy that never hit home runs hit one of the biggest home runs in cardinals history but um i think there's really no shot um honestly alex i don't even know if this guy is really going to even have a job in the next like two or three years (laughs) that sounds pretty bad to say but i mean right now at this season i think he's just looked at as a shortstop that is just going to give you one aspect of the game and that's just defense and i feel like People right now want offense. They want offense because that's going to draw their fans. That's going to be better for, you know, TV deals for just for everything pretty much. And I think also with the Hall of Fame, you're really not looking at a guy that's just going to bring the gold glove defense. Um, And, you know, it actually sucks, too. It's only four gold gloves in his career. And we know this guy can have, you know, he should have eight. You know, he has been an elite gold glove fielder his whole entire career. So. Um, I think not even getting respect of the of the of the media that way with the votes that way it it just it's really not in the cards at all. Um, you know the the last the last three seasons, um, not cracking even a hundred OPS plus. Which you know what again, like Ozzy Smith, really never even cracked that either. Seventeen and eighteen, Alex, 
the case was definitely getting higher and higher. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2016, had a 91 OPS plus, but then in 17 and 18, he cracked 100, went to 102 OPS plus, and then 108 OPS plus. And I think one of those seasons, he had a war that was honestly near eight. Yeah, it was a, it was a 7.9, which is like, you know, you're getting a serious MVP love, and you see how bad his bat was, or it wasn't bad, it was average bat, a little bit above average bat. Exactly. So with that in mind, it tells you how good his defense was. 5.1 defensive war. I mean, you, crazy. you just don't see that happen a lot. But, um, and, you know, honestly, it's really funny when you finish out a career and you have a higher defensive war than offensive war. That really, honestly, has never happened. And it doesn't happen a lot. So um, I, I just don't think there's really any shot for him. Um, I know we like him because he had, had a lot of good, valuable years for the Angels. Never, of course, got to see him in the playoffs with the Angels, but still, of course, was a very good bat. Um, a very good player for us in the end. I think it was definitely one of those kind of fan favorites, but I think when it came to the glove, I mean, he made magician type plays that we all fell in love with. But when it came to the bat, you know, he's usually hitting in the six, seven, eight hole. Um, not really a, a, a great spark when he came to hit at the plate. Um, I, I really don't think there's too much of a shot at all for him to be a hall of fame. I honestly don't even think he'll probably even get 5% of the vote. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. And I think I probably agree. I think I probably agree that he will not get 5% of the vote when it comes what I will say, Chavis, is that if I did have a vote, I probably would vote for him just to keep him on because I do think um, being a defensive specialist or shortstop, uh, there's something to be said. And Chavis, I'm not talking about defense in the sense of Omar Vizquel is someone who like played for like 20 years and made flashy plays. And uh, I think that in reality, the defense... Uh, I think the only thing that, stats don't love him as much as you, you they would love Simmons. And the one thing that I think Vizquel is getting a lot of praise on you know, all the, all the advanced stat numbers, all the OPS numbers, I mean, they're almost all worse than Simmons, 82 OPS plus. The one thing that's keeping Omar on is he is about 130 hits away from 3000. And so that of course was something that a lot of people look at and they say, well, he's almost at 3000 hits that that's a milestone that you are a lock almost in the hall of fame, right? It's just very interesting because if you have 3000 hits, does that mean you're a good hitter? means you well, played a lot of years. It means you well put, well put. 80-year so, career, I have so, 3,000 hits. So, Charles, I would almost argue that I would take peak season Simba over peak season Vizquel. Like, like I would just take Simmons over Vizquel on my team if I had a seven-game yep. series, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of crazy to say. But um, at the end of the day, Charles, I probably agree with you. I don't think he's going to make the Hall of Fame. I just like to, I like to at least make the case because I think that he has been undervalued. I see what you mean about him potentially not having a job in a couple years because – there's definitely a chance that uh, his skill set uh, becomes underappreciated when a lot of shortstops start having a lot of power. You see, you see like Tatis hitting 50 home runs or whatever it is uh, from the shortstop position. People are going to say, Simba, why are you hitting three home runs this season? That's not, it's not going to cut it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, uh, if he starts losing plate appearances and stuff like that, uh, becomes like a part-time defensive sub, that's going to hurt the war numbers that much more because you're not going to get a lot of war if you're not playing the game. So yep. mm-hmm. um, I don't see him making it. I just like to make the case because I do think that he uh, provides a lot of sneaky value that gets uh, get kind of goes unnoticed. Like I said, a 37.3 base reference war for the career at only 32. I think no one really expect that number kind of coming from him. But definitely, yep. Travis, we're going to move on now to uh, a different group. Hopefully these go by a little bit quicker because it's just going to be younger players who we have less to go off of. We kind of just seen what they've done in, a, in the first few years of their career. And we're going to say trending. Yes. Trending. No. What do they have to do? Or is it like not likely kind of thing? So we'll yep. just give our mm-hmm. kind of brief thoughts. Another handful of names. We'll start off with a guy that we've talked about a lot. 
a lot of guys we talk about a lot. Named Shoy Otani. So Otani Travis, of course, just came off one of the hottest seasons ever, one of the most uh, you know praised seasons ever by the media. Truly special two-way season. How does that fare for Hall of Fame status? Because on the one hand, the first few seasons, the two-way thing was not really working, right? And then all of a sudden, when it did work, he became the best player. He became the MVP. Um, the American League MVP, of course, but I think if it was combined, he would he would have he would have won a unanimous AL and L combined like yep. award. Like he was the most outstanding player for sure, uh, best player in baseball. So with that in mind, Travis, how do you think? First of all, can he do this again? And maybe not even do this, not even 2021 again, but can he do healthy batter, healthy pitcher, same season, multiple years going forward? If he can make that a regular thing, is that enough to be in the Hall of Fame? How good does he have to be to be a Hall of Famer as a pitcher and a hitter? Give me your thoughts. I think, you know, a guy like him, if he could have five seasons of almost pretty much, you know, I, I think what his hit, his hitting last season was above all-star and his pitching was above all-star in my opinion. Yes. If he could have five seasons of basic all-star hitting, basic all-star pitching, I think it definitely gives him a great shot to be in the hall of fame. Um, because we, we really never seen something like that. They have never seen a player of that stature being able to do both of those at such a great, great level. So I think um, that's something that he'll definitely need to accomplish. I don't think we, I, I really don't think we're going to see um, the season that we saw this past season, um, possibly ever in his career again. And honestly, probably not. And at least in the next couple seasons, I don't think we're going to have a season just like this one. We could have a season that honestly, he gets a little bit better at the hitting. I think he could have a season where honestly, he get, he gets back up into the 285 batting average realm that he had in the first couple seasons. Um, home runs might drop off a little bit, but still be almost a 40 home run guy. We could probably see that, but um, uh, he's just an interesting He's just such an interesting guy to really look at as a Hall of Fame status because he does both things very well. He doesn't do both things, I guess, Hall of Fame well, but he does both things very, very well. And that, of course, will then you add those two up and you're like, OK, this guy's definitely a Hall of Fame guy, right? I mean, it, it, uh -huh. it's going to be such an interesting vote when his time comes and if he can stay healthy. And honestly, we might be looking at Shohei in the next couple of seasons that might have to pick one. He might have to pick being offense only or defense, or I'm sorry, or pitching only. So it'll come down to that too. Um, honestly, I think right now, if we had him, I, I really don't even, I actually don't even know about that. Cause I was going to say if we, if we had him only at one spot for the rest of his career, what would be, what would be more likely to be a hall of famer at? I probably would lean maybe towards offense because I think honestly, if you put him in right field, he, he could be, he could still be elite. I mean, he could still, he, he could, could still be like, yeah, he could be like 20 21 Bryce Harper. I mean, he literally could steal 30 bags a season, get 40 home runs a season. Um, and then of course you see him on the mound. If he focused a little more on the mound, he could seriously just be three ERA kind of guy every single year with what he has to offer. So it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's hard, a tough one. It's hard to say. Um, I think I, I guess I will, the way I currently stand is if he can just kind of, doesn't have to be 2021 self. If he can just kind of repeat his rookie year, which is like a 150 OPS plus, if he can do that one or two more times and then just stay healthy on both, I think he makes it. I think if he gets to 10 years, I think he just makes it. And, and, and that's a good point to put it to. If he can repeat rookie of the year, Shohei Otani, I think you're right. I think that's just good enough right there to make it because, I mean, literally 2018, 
Um, did not have a lot of innings. I mean, only 51 innings pitched, but still had an ERA plus of 127. And then, yeah. of course, in above average pitcher in, in 2018, really a 151 OPS plus. I mean, you're literally looking at a guy where it's like, okay, if you can have like an ERA plus at 130 and an OPS plus at 130, you do that. I you, think you yeah. should be a shoo-in. I think you do that for a couple seasons, and I think it's such an unbelievable accomplishment that he can do this with any sort of consistency or you know uh repeatability i think he makes it um he's only played four years so every every conversation we're about to have travis are guys who've only played a few seasons so we're gonna kind of assume they make it to 10 years yeah healthy yep. and still producing so uh with that in mind travis i do think that he i i think if he does not make it it'll be such a shame um it'll almost certainly in my mind because it'd be because of injury rather than anything else but um yeah i think the speed with the power with the the uh, pitching i think there's too much going on for him not to we praise him enough so i'm not going to get into this whole ramble about him but um i think that based on also having mike trout and rendon coming back hopefully there's more protection in the lineup for him and he can continue to improve that power because travis 46 home runs and the last month of the season travis we were watching those games they were just walking him they did not want to pitch to him because he's going to do too much damage they knew that the guys behind him uh, we're not great players because all our great players were injured from the Angels. So and I, I mean, you, you he saw, could hit fifty. You my, saw a career point. high, uh, you know, on base percent, eight on base percentage this year at three seventy two. So that's something that definitely could be looked at moving forward. Um, slugging will always be there. I mean, you look at the last, uh, the, the the two, I guess, best seasons his rookie year and then last year. He's got a slugging that's that's better than. 560 so he'll always yeah. i think have a great slugging percentage and if the on base gets up there he'll be a good ops guy every single year um yeah i mean like i said all-star hitter all-star pitcher and i think it's really no question cool yeah so we can keep moving on travis um that covers shohei now someone else uh, who got lots of love last season juan soto Juan Soto is someone, Travis, only a few years in the league, but has, you know, we already, Travis, we talk about him on the, on the podcast and we kind of say, I feel like he's already a Hall of Famer in the making. I think he's already just uh, on such a good track to make it. Obviously a long way to go because he's only played four seasons. And he's only, was it 22? He's 23 years old, which he's, is just yeah. like, he's a baby. He, Travis, he's younger than us. Yeah. And we're talking about him. Is he a Hall of Famer yet? But, um, Travis, uh, yeah. Overall, his career OPS plus is at a 160. Only has 464 career games, but there's not been any blemish on this resume yet. He's gotten better and better. I think, in my mind, I would say once he hits 10 seasons, it's like a lock. Uh, give me your thoughts on Soto. I, I really didn't know you were going to bring this up. I, I just consider him a Hall of Famer role. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he he's, already is. He's, he's almost like we're watching Ted Williams right now um, playing in the 21st century. Um, what he's been able to do and how young he is. If, if he was if he was 25 in his rookie season, then I would say, okay, then we then you kind of got to look at that more deeply. But he's I, I honestly am so confident that he has not had his best season yet. I mean, he is going to have a season. I firmly believe that he's batting 330 and he's going to have an on base probably close to 475 slugging possibly in the 600s. He could have literally uh, almost a 2020 season but that's in a full season. He could literally easily shatter, I think, Yelich's 1.100 OPS in one full season. Um, and then, of course, I think the home runs. I think, honestly, Soto's a guy that we easily... We, we, he could hit 50 home runs in a season. I mean, he is going to get better, I think, with the power numbers. Um, right now, I think he's easily on track for 500 home runs. I mean, 
pretty much at 100 home runs right now, 98 to be exact. But um, he's 23. Yeah, he's almost 100. So yeah, that's, that's I, mean, I mean, he's going to be at, he's going to be at 30. Age 30, he's going to be at probably honestly like 375 if that maybe, but you know, it probably could be even higher. So I think Soto is just, is just almost of a, almost of an inner circle lock right now from what he's able to do. I think he is just, he makes too much sense. So I, I really don't want to spend too much time on him because he's just stupid good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty much in agreement. The last three seasons, ninth in MVP, fifth in MVP, second in MVP, he's getting higher and higher. He's getting better and better. The defense even got better. Travis, uh, he actually stole nine bags this year too, which, you know, he kind of is able to, contribute in every way possible one thing that is uh, eye-popping i didn't realize this 145 walks last season led baseball only 93 strikeouts so he's walking way more than he's striking out uh as at least of the last two seasons so i think there's so much to like about his on base going forward and the power is something that you know he smacks the ball i think one one of his weaknesses is actually like a launch angle i think he hits a lot of ground balls which it doesn't really matter i think you're just hard you <laughs> you're, you're at a point where you're good enough at walking and have enough power that it doesn't really matter. Um, you're going to be a great player. I I, th- I think he's almost a lock. Um, he's as much of a lock as you can be at his age, I'll say. But, Travis, let's keep the train moving. And, on. Uh, one, one thing I'll point out, go, too, with him, um, free agent in 2025, he's also um, Scott Boris's client. And so you know as Scott Boris's clients, they're getting paid stupid money so he could definitely break the record i I think i think he's a guy that you will see break the record um from what we see right now acuna is locked up for a while um he's on a very team friendly team friendly contract from what that he should be deserving yeah but uh juan soto he'll get paid i think honestly close to if not surpass 400 million dollars especially with the way the market's going i think he'll easily get 400 million um and i just love also that the um Baseball Reference always puts out their projections, and they're very, very conservative. They're very, very, um, really, I think they're honestly disappointing because a lot of players, you'll, you'll say to yourself, really, that's what you project him to have, and that's, a, that's an awful year. But, like, why would you give him that projection? Isn't he, isn't he supposed to get better and better? They still give him a 435 on-base percentage, Alex. That, that's, that's, that's way above Hall of Fame. I mean, that three, yeah. 370, 380 is Hall of Fame level. So you're almost 60 points already higher than just a Hall of Fame level career. So, um, and a 973 OPS, I mean, it's still it's still up there that as as you know, inner circle Hall of Fame hitting. So, um, yeah, there's really no much to really talk about Soto. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think we're on the same page. We can keep moving on. Uh, Travis Fernando Tatis, briefly, give me your thoughts. Um, what he's done so far. We make a comp to like a young A Rod, right? So much uh, talent, athleticism. The power for his age is crazy, especially at a, at a premier defensive position. Um, I'll get briefly my personal thoughts. I think he ends up switching to third base or outfield at some point in his career. Um, it might not be soon, but it could be soon depending on injuries and stuff like that. But I just think his big body is, you know, he's like, I think he's like six three or something like that. You don't see that many shortstops that are that big age very well at the position. They usually end up switching up. Uh, switching things up so Travis I think he switches positions I don't think it matters at all for his value uh, obviously you're gonna have more war if you're a 50 home run hitter shortstop than a right fielder but still um I think he's got immense power I think he's the best uh slugger in baseball in terms of just like how much power you're producing um as well as you know uh I mean obviously you could say Stan is gonna have more power than than anyone but I would say Tatis in terms of like consistent producing power he is some of the best I think he had the best slugging in baseball last year if I'm not mistaken give me your thoughts on Tatis and how he's projecting going forward yeah um 
596 slugging in his career and a 160 OPS plus in his career as a shortstop. Um, pretty mind-boggling. Comparing that to his competition, if you look at like an outfielder, I feel like that's like right now that's having like a 210 OPS plus. Um, he's again, he's kind of like Soto. He's on the track right now for what he's been able to do. Led baseball, led the NL actually in home runs last year with 42 and did not play um, 30 games from that season. Only played 130 uh, games full for the entire season. So, you know, you make up those 30 games. He's the kind of guy that could hit eight home runs in a week <laughs> if he yep. gets on a hot streak. So um, it's, he, he's, he's crushing it. I mean, it, it's, it's really phenomenal to see what he's doing. He's another guy that's just kind of in a different class when it talk about the youth in the game right now. Um, I know there's another guy too that we haven't talked about besides Soto and Tatis that's probably in this class as well. Um, and, yeah, they're they're just on an elite level right now. That's that really can't be, I can't can't be put down too much. Yeah, I yeah, I he and Soto and like you said, there's other people as well are kind of in a class of their own. Charles, his 162 game average for WAR is at an 8.1 for his career, which is really crazy. Uh, he's not if you add up all his games played, it's less than two full seasons. Because of course the shortened season and he was a rookie the year before that, but uh, yeah, I think that he's on such a crazy pace. Fourth in MVP in 2020, third last year. He's gonna have an MVP at some point. He's gonna put up like a 10 more season at some point, I would think. Um, I think it's just about staying healthy for him, and I think switching positions could help him with that. But at the end of the day, Travis, he's on such a great. He's he and Soto, I think, in my mind, uh, are on such a great path to make the Hall of Fame. Travis, let's just keep it going. We know he's coming. Ronald Acuna Jr., he's also on the same kind of category. I think all three of those guys, Soto, Acuna Jr., and Tatis Jr., are both, I think all three of them, in my mind, are like such good locks. You don't want to say lock yet, knock on wood, of course, but um, I think that just the way that they're trending, I think it's just Hall of Fame. I think less than Hall of Fame would be a bit of a disappointment at this point. That's all. Yeah, I'll put and it. I know you, you you might have on your list coming up, but I'll even throw out Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I, I think I was the throwing, juniors. Yeah, right, right. I, I think he definitely makes it into a nice little f- group of four. I think I left Guerrero off uh, off the list just because he's only done it for one season. Like I guess I've done like two or three seasons, yeah. but you could very well make the case that it's a group of four of just you know young talent that is taking taking the league by storm yeah and i think with acuna jr um he brings you know he of course is not going to have the same kind of hitting as soto soto is definitely a better hitter but i think when you look at the full aspect of what he brings to the table it's definitely five tool it's a lot more dangerous as the full all-around player um 2019, I mean, his second season, he almost went 40-40. I mean, 37 stolen bases and 41 homers. So and he, um, he really rounded into a, I think, his best season and was looking like at the plate, Travis. I think I feared him more in this 2021 season than ever before. Yeah. He was walking a ton. The power was on a great pace. He was stealing bags as well. Injury is just you know, just terrible. It's sad. Um, it, it, it is, yeah. And especially the way that he did it. You know, just kind of a, you know. Fluke. Fluke, yeah. You said, like, you know warning track jumps comes down knee kind of just buckles you know acl i think just gone yeah yeah. (laughs) but i mean you play 162 games in a season you know divide that by two that's 81 you know he played 82 games this season so he played literally one a half a season you know 24 home runs 
you multiply that by two, pace, he's yeah. almost having a 50 home run he, season. He would have been in the race for sure for home run title, for MVP, all that stuff. And I mean, at the All-Star break, I mean, he was honestly, I think, the clear favorite for the MVP. Yes. Um, what he was able to do was just, I mean, he was having his breakout uh, year. He was he was having his moment this season to really show um, show the world, you know, what he can really do at the plate. And that, you know, again, so young, so young to be doing this. All these guys are doing this and they're all younger than me. It's kind of crazy when, um, you yeah. know, you kind of get to that that point of view now that you're like, oh, my God, there's just guys out there that are doing it. and They're younger than me now. It's like, you know, just a couple of years ago, I thought I was literally this age. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's honestly on, on a on an insane path right now. Honestly, uh, yeah, a little bit more of a, you know, like a Willie Mays kind of player than all these other guys. But who knows what Tatis can come in and play outfield, too, because, you know, I don't like you said, I don't know if he's going to be able to play shortstop his whole career very much. Probably like A-Rod where could transition. Who knows what happens with him and Tatis because Tat- I'm sorry, Machado. Machado's there, I think, for the whole entire decade. So maybe, honestly, they start alternating and play third and short. They can switch off. But honestly, I can see him going to the outfield too, uh, to play some outfield as well. But um, could be honestly one of the greatest like utility guys of all time, where he plays, you know, honestly a third, a third of his career at short, a third of his career at third, and a third of his career at you know the outfield spot. So, um, but yeah, Acuna Jr. Uh, he's just he's such an impressive player. So Travis, I think it's safe to keep moving on. Um, those young guys deserve tons of praise, but let's keep. Let's, this is going to be hopefully more of a nuanced discussion a little bit more uh good things and bad things to say about a player uh cody bellinger travis cody bellinger is actually only 26 years old so he is still so many years ahead of him it's crazy like he like is right now like how old judge was like when judge was like starting out and like we think judge is kind of on a good path you know to make hall of fame yep bellinger everything he's done was like when 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 judge was like in triple a or whatever you know it's kind of crazy to think that like um, Bellinger has accomplished quite a bit in his first five seasons in the big leagues. Of course, Travis, the elephant in the room is how bad his 2021 was. Give me your thoughts on what his career could like could look like going forward. His MVP year in 2019 was really, really a special, special season. An 8.6 war that year. If you get an 8.6 war, I'm not ready to call you like a bust. I can't, I, I, I can't believe that you're going to just kind of fluke out and mm-hmm. never bounce back. Yeah. I don't know if there was injury. I don't know if there was like issues uh, staying focused or if issues, you know, uh, maybe they tweaked his swing in a way he didn't like. And he has to go back. But give me your thoughts on Bellinger going forward. Uh, a quick, quick little piece of trivia, I guess. It's popping up on the baseball reference page as I'm reading his page. I guess Cody Bellinger's OPS in April of 2019 was the best opening month OPS by any player in the last 100 years. Wow. Which is a mind blower. It kind of goes to show you how good he was that one season. He's setting all-time kind of records uh, for a few months there. But give me your thoughts on Bellinger long-term. Only 26, like I said. How do you see his career shaping up? Could he get to Hall of Fame? The good thing about him is that he still provides very good defense. Yes. Um, that's the one thing that I think that Yelich does not have that he has. Um, when you compare kind of those two is Bellinger still is going to be when, when he's – at his 19, 2019 level, you are looking at a freak show of a five tool player. Yep. You know, everything he does, he is contributing greatly to help that team win. So um, I think just, I mean, you just cannot have drop offs like that uh, the way that he did in 2021. Um, you know, at least with 2021, Yelich provided a positive war. Bellinger had a 1.5 negative war. Yes. So he's taking wins away from the Dodgers. You put 
you put Teal Pools in the outfield, you know, he'd probably add a little more wins full season. So, yeah. uh, just kidding. I think that the defense would just be, it would be questionable. It, it at would be, best, yeah. it'd be high school level at best. So, um, yeah, I mean, with him, it's, it's just a hard thing to look at. He's going to be a free agent actually in 2024. So it'll be interesting to see what Dodgers do. Um, he's a guy that honestly, I think could get a two, three year deal extension. And we're just going to say, what can you do? Kind of What can you do in these three years? Prove it to us that you can get back to honestly. And some of these guys don't even need to get, need to get back to that 2019 form. If no. he could just be a 930 OPS guy like he was in 2017, his rookie year. Yeah, that's so special. I mean, that's literally what they're looking for. And so um, I think with Bellinger, it's just getting back on track with the hitting. He's got time. The age is definitely on his side uh, of things. And you point out greatly that, you know, Judge came in the league at like 26 and Literally, Bellinger's already done so much, and he yeah. is 26 right now. But it's just got to come with the hitting. It is can it cannot be this bad that honestly, Dave Roberts is struggling to keep him in the lineup. That Correct. you know, when you have a guy that's struggling to stay in the lineup because you're doing so bad, you almost have to just say we can't even afford to even like think about you in the Hall of Fame because well, a Hall of Famer is supposed to be a guy that <laughs> never leaves the lineup because he is doing so poorly. You know, right. it, it, it's it's pretty simple in that aspect, but. Um, yeah, it just, he's got to pick it up. Um, interesting one about, I mean, interesting thing about him that I always observe is that I feel like every season he has some sort of tweak to his batting stance. I, I, I think that honestly, he's a guy that every year it's something new that he works in spring training. I'm interested to see if, you know, he has something new this year, if he maybe in more open stance, maybe he has, um, maybe a longer, uh, you know, a, a, a more further stance between the two feet in the box. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see what happens this season, but um, I know the projections on baseball reference aren't really liking him too much, but uh, yeah, it, it really just comes down to, can you get your hitting back to something of a 2017, 19 Bellinger? Cause 2018 Bellinger was not good, but he was not bad. I really don't think he was too, too bad. He had a 260 average 814 OPS. That's not terrible, but I know it's not the level that he wants to be at right. in the 900s in the 1000s. So um, it, it, again, it just comes back to, get into some kind of groove where you can be a consistently good hitter. Cause these stats right now are not going to at all get you in. Right. Yeah. I, I, I like what you said in 2018, like you said, it was not a bad year by any means. Look at the war number, actually a 4.2 He played every single game in the season. That's awesome. If you can be uh, you know, a gold glove outfielder hitting, you know, one, you know, 20 OPS plus that will do it. It's not gonna get him in the hall of fame, but that will make, that'll make him an all-star year in year out kind of guy. Um, I mean, I mean, he was 23 years old, Alex, and he already had 111 home runs. That's crazy. And he was an insane fielder, too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was just putting up insane numbers. It was almost like he is a shoe and he's honestly could be ahead of Acuna, could be ahead of Tatis Jr. Right. He, he was on a insane path. It's kind of I don't want to jinx it or anything like that. I don't think these guys are gonna be on that level, but it'd be really interesting to see if one of those guys like we talked about earlier you know, it would fall off this badly. Right. But I don't right. see that happening, but yeah. Yeah. And I, and for Travis, for Bellinger, it's a classic case of show us what you got. Like, you know, you got a few more years on this contract and after that, you're going to get another deal. I'm sure, you know, show us what you can do at you know, 45 OPS plus in 2021. That's not who he is. Maybe his bat was way too, maybe, maybe they figured something out about him and they kind of cracked him or something. 45 is too low. He's that's not him. He's higher than that for sure. That's he that's he was a worse hitter than our pools last year and pulls on his way out. He's a 40, 40 year old man. Uh so 50 I, year old. I I think that Bellinger definitely has more to prove. 
Uh, Hall of Fame will be fun to talk about, but it's definitely going to take a few years to kind of figure him out more. Travis, moving on to his teammate, Walker Bueller, someone else who's only played a few years in the big leagues. His career, Travis, I look at his career stats on Mr. Reference. I'm surprised every time at how good some of his numbers are. Um, I think it's just one of the best, sneaky best starts to a uh, pitching career we've had in the last few seasons. In the last three years, was top 10 in Cy Young twice, fourth place last season. Career ERA at a 2.9. That's five seasons into the big leagues of a 2.9 ERA. That is super good, super great stuff there. Um, I'm not sure where his ERA ends up going forward. A 2.47 last season, it seems lower than what it probably will be going forward. Like like I said, uh, a 2.9 career ERA with a 3.2 FIP. So I can see the ERA coming up a little bit. But overall, Travis, he gets strikeouts. He's known as calmly as a big game pitcher. He usually comes up big in those kind of big games. At least he wants the ball if nothing else. Um, no fear. And uh, give me your thoughts, I guess, on Bueller. You know, what, what does he have to do over the next you know decade or so with the Dodgers? Um, or if he, if he moves teams, of course. But what, what do you see him doing, I guess, uh, to get on the Hall of Fame trajectory? Yeah, I think, honestly, he's definitely on a very good trajectory right now. I I, I honestly have a lot of uh, respect and appreciation for him. I think what you said also about the postseason, uh, 2020 postseason was just pretty dominant, what he was mm-hmm. able to do. Um, and honestly, in his entire career, played in 10 postseason series, he is having right now a 2.94 ERA in his pretty much postseason career, and that's almost 80 innings. That's a 79.2 two thirds innings uh, for his entire career, and it's a very young start to his career. He, I mean, yes. he, he could be a guy that honestly goes to be like kind of like Derek Jeter, where it's almost like he had a full season, you know, on the mound in the postseason. Yep. And the numbers are going to be very, very good. And I think right now the postseason easily supports his case to be very very high on the hall of fame ballot when it's his time that's of course decades from now um but yeah i really like what he's been doing so far um i just think that every year he, he's a clear favorite to be top 10 and possibly top five in cy young every single year in the nl um i think honestly now he might even take over uh that staff for the dodgers depending on what kershaw does but i think starting even in after the world series in 2020 i think we kind of can assume that walker bueller was going to be like your opening day guy he's going to be the new guy new ace for the dodgers and how young he is too um and the strikeouts are very very good every single season so honestly you look at the last two full seasons he's striking out 200 guys easily so um and also the innings pitch they're up there as well he's pitching well into ball games so um i really like him i really like what he has been able to do in his career so far and i think the trending is is easily easily right now hall of hall of fame worthy so that's what i'll say about that awesome yeah i think we can keep moving i think we kind of agree on bueller um long way to go but off to an amazing start travis the third dodger teammate in a row actually i'm sorry no longer a dodger teammate but has been his their first whole career i'm talking about Corey seager um just briefly travis he's still a young player um and it's guys like seager it's going to come down to what his next decade looks like not what his next year looks like so it's hard to project going forward but he's only 27 and as a shortstop has a 131 ops plus on the career a rookie of the year uh win and uh has finished top 10 in mvp twice so far i think he'll do that again just based on how good he was in 20 like it, if you look at his numbers in 2020 and 2021, the OPS plus, it's great. He just couldn't really put together a full season in 2021 to get the MVP votes, but his OPS mm-hmm. plus was a 145. 
he, you know, the 16 home runs is just kind of low because of missing games and stuff like that. But um, Travis, going to Texas, new uh, scenery for him, change of scenery. Hey, he likes that scenery as what we saw in 2020. So that is exactly true. He has, I think, Travis, I think there's like some crazy stat. I think he had like the most home runs in that ballpark besides like Joey Gallo or something like that. Like he doesn't even play. He never played there in the regular season. That could be very <laughs> true. Yeah. Just because the postseason. And then I think they had the interleague play there uh, earlier this year. But Travis, quickly. Thoughts on Seager, uh, Corey Seager, as, you know, what does he have to do as a shortstop who's this good of a hitter as a shortstop to get in the Hall of Fame? I think it's just like Judge. I think it's staying healthy. Um, 2019, he played 134 games. That's actually pretty, that's a lot for him. But looking at 2018, only 26 games. 2020 hurt a lot of people. And I wonder if 2020 will come back to bite a lot of people, people if they're on the edge for Hall of Fame level worthy kind ofness. So, um, and then in 2021, 95 games, didn't even get to 100 games that season. Had a very good season still. Um, put together a lot of, actually, a lot of good counting stats. If you put together a full season, he's probably hitting, honestly, over 30 home runs, over 100 RBIs. So I like to see that as well. But I think the health has to be the biggest thing. He's only played 130 uh, games or more three times in his career so far. Yeah. So I think that's one big knock that you have to make sure that you can overcome in being a hall of famer is the health. Um, it's a tough thing to get done. Um, you know, you really can't practice health. I mean, you can't practice health, but hamstrings get pulled and yeah. you really can't do much about that. So um, with him, it's basically just staying in there, being healthy, just like with judge. Um, but if they're healthy, there's really no question the skills they bring to the table. Um, it's, it's hall of fame worthy. I mean, batting average, I like batting average a lot. He's always near the 300 batting average area. And then the slugging, he's always, you know, near the 500 slugging level, 504 for his career. So I think he is on trajectory. It's just all about health. That's just my biggest take on that. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. The war number is actually pretty solid. Uh, over five war in back-to-back -back years of 16 and 17. And then just last season had almost a four war playing like a half the season. Like, so obviously he was like super good. It'll come down to staying on the field and with a long contract with Texas, maybe they take a long view and they kind of preserve his health. I think there's a good chance he can push the envelope A 21.3 war Travis at age 27, a good, a good place to be a good place to be for sure. As a shortstop, um, we'll see how he continues to pan out. Um, a relief pitcher, not Travis, Josh Hader. We talked. About, we talked about him a lot in our like all all time AL or sorry all time NL Central team. Uh, even the all time NL team, Travis. We both. I'm sure we both looked at him at least. Even though you know there's other legends who have been around much many more seasons. Um, give me your thoughts on Josh Hader. I think this last season he had was truly some all time kind of stuff. The innings pitched are not that high because the Brewers were wanted to save him for the postseason, which of course, Freddie Freeman. <laughs> Took him deep. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Great hitter, great pitcher. Uh, that'll happen. But, Travis, give me your thoughts, I guess. What does someone like him have to do uh, to get into Hall of Fame discussion? He is currently 27 and already has 96 career saves. Saves are not the all end-all, be-all because there's guys with 400 saves that are not in the Hall of Fame, you know. But uh, relief pitcher, not, a lot of, not, not many of them in the Hall of Fame, but what does he have to do? I think he has to somehow create some sort of inception and go inside the mind of the voters to give them um, a little bit more value towards relief pitchers because they don't like relief pitchers in the Hall of Fame right now. Um, I like the way you put that. I, 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 I honestly, he, he's on Hall of Fame path. I mean, for he, our liking, at least. Exactly, exactly. The numbers I see, he is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Um, what he does season and season out is spectacular. 
Um, ERA plus numbers are very, very uh, good. Honestly, up there with Mariano Rivera right now. I mean, I think honestly, he's about, what is it, 10 to 12 points away from Mariano Rivera's all time. But Around there, yeah. of course, as you progress, but um, I like him a lot. I think he definitely has the trajectory. Uh, I think he's going to be an all-star every single year. You look at the last three full seasons, he's been an all-star. So that, of course, will go with him. He was got some Cy Young votes in 2018 for when he was able to do that season. He had a better season. I'm surprised he didn't get any Cy Young votes this season. I think um, maybe guys just didn't want to give him the votes because they just didn't really like the relief pitcher getting Cy Young votes. But yeah. he has to be. I mean, he is so deadly coming out of the pen. Um just the whip and the the way he releases that baseball, um, I think it just fools everybody up there. So um, I, I would I would hope that by the time he gets on the ballot, our the voters can at least appreciate relievers a little bit more um, and give them more of a solid chance to get in because um, he'll be honestly on that I think elite level of all time relievers from what he's been able to do so far in his career. So that's my take on that. Yeah, I, I think he must. I think there's a good chance he goes down as one of the best strikeout pitchers of all time. I think the strikeouts he gets Very are just it's just unreal numbers. So it's going to come down to you know, can you be a closer for a long time? Uh, what kind of career do you end up having? But I am big on relievers making the Hall of Fame. There's guys, in the, there's relievers on the on the bat right now, Travis. I think Papelbon should get a close look. I think Nathan should get in, but you know. Yep. Well, they both probably don't. That'll be get good in. for in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll have plenty to talk about. Um, but moving on, Travis. I'm going to ask you a couple questions I have prepared, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, first off, I'll say give me a dark horse future Hall of Famer that you think has a shot to make it. So much like how Travis, there's tons of guys I'm mentioning that, you know, are the odds of them making it that high? Probably not. You know, Bueller, a long road to go, has to get to 10 career innings pitched, yep. has to continue to be dominant, has to continue to rack up awards and stuff like that, or you're not going to get it. So I'll start off with my pick, and then I'll let you, uh, you know, Perfect. think, see who you can uh, kind of think of. But um, my who I'm going to go with is Corbin Burns. Obviously, very new to, new to the game. Really kind of broke out just in 2020, the short season. I just think that what he's been able to do so far, I just see like a... I don't know. I see like a perfect, like spotless record. I'm just so sold on him being really good someday. Or uh, he's not really good already, but I'm, I'm saying like all time, all time great kind of level someday. Um, a long way to go, of course. But the last two seasons combined, Travis, his FIP is something special. His FIP of the last two years combined is at a, where is it, one point seven four, which is just like that's just a nutty, nutty number. Um, a 2.11 ERA in a short season last year. A 2.43 ERA led MLB in 2021. Got the Cy Young. The last two years have been so dominant. I think obviously it's possible for him to have some big regression, but his FIP and his ERA plus numbers are so good. I just don't really see how you could be that good and fall off that much. Obviously, we've seen batters do it. It almost be like it almost would be like if Yelich uh, was a pitcher if if, if somehow uh, if Burns falls off, but. Um, I think that so many numbers look great for him. Uh, advanced stats like him, even traditional stats. Travis, he didn't. He only got the 167 innings pitched. But we had over 230 strikeouts on the season last year. Um, last season he was obviously great. Year before that he was also absolutely dominant. A uh, sixth, sixth in Cy Young in 2020. First in Cy Young last year. He is currently 27. Just turned 27. So, still a long way to go. But I think you know. I think DeGrom has a good chance to kind of pave a way for like 
pitchers who kind of break out in their late 20s have a dominant early 30s and just be able to you know get to 12 13 seasons and be in the hall of fame i think Degrom can kind of pave a road for a guy like corbin burns um to eventually get in one day obviously so much to prove only four seasons in the big leagues only three of those seasons where he was he really like a consistent starter um actually only really two seasons was he a consistent starter but i think burns has a great path uh to the hall of fame um travis uh give me your thoughts on i guess someone who you think has a good shot yeah one guy that i think um started out really young uh already has a ring to his name um and i think is really trending in the right direction and my my buddy mikey's gonna be really happy that i said this um i'm actually going rafael devers alex uh this season he was 24 right now he actually turned 25 in october um so he'll be playing his full 25th season uh next year but what he's been able to do um you know it's funny the war is actually nothing to be i would say insanely proud of about 11 war and he's played uh five seasons so you're looking at a guy that right now is not really it's not really pretty i guess when it comes to the defense but i think in the next wave of voting i think people are not really gonna be too too concerned when it comes to almost defense i think they're gonna be looking at offense and what he's been doing offensively in the trending um it's it's something that's very very exceptional he's very very young already has over 100 home runs already has over 100 and 100 doubles as well um so the total bases and the extra base hits are very special i think right now at his age um I think he's a guy that honestly, uh, playing in Boston, if he plays in Boston his whole career, he can go down as kind of like one of those guys like, I mean, you look at even like Yastrzemski, Williams, uh, Wade Boggs didn't, but, um, you know, one of those guys that is a full lifer in Boston. Um, I think that honestly, I, I think playing for certain franchises and doing well really, really proves well it, to you to be a Hall of Famer. It does. It helps. So um, I think being in a very good situation that he's in already right now, um, I see him as being a guy that honestly can still have the the the, the best is still yet to come. Sure. Um, and still the OPS numbers are still very, very good. Has kind of had some peak and valleys. I would say 2018, a 733 OPS uh, that year. And then 2019 had a 916 OPS. And then in 2020, I guess 2020, again, being a shortened season, a 793 OPS. But then this season picked it back up again, just about a 900 uh, OPS. So um, he's a guy that honestly, I can see still having great seasons ahead of him. So he's kind of my dark horse, I would say, just to be on the lookout for, um, yeah, I mean, a guy that honestly, in five years, he'll be age 30. And really, who knows what he, what numbers will be putting up? Um, I tell you, he won't be stealing bags because they're not they're not a lot of stolen bags in his vocabulary. But um, RBIs, home runs, very, very impressive so far for the start of Rafael Devers. So I really like the pick, Travis, because I'm shocked that he's already at 145 career doubles only as a 25 year old. Or 25, 20, age 25 season coming up next year. Yeah, he can put a crazy number up there. Obviously, they call him. You know, he, he's a classic two bag kind of guy. Two bag, yeah. He's got, not, two, not, he's got two bag pockets. Not like Tony two bags, but he but, he's but yeah. He, he's right there as a lefty. You know, uh, go oppo hit off the wall. It's a free double, pretty much. Um, tons of power, Travis. You know, we know what he can do in terms of you know 37 home runs. Sorry, 38 home runs last season. 37 doubles. He can easily be like a 40 double, 40 home run guy in a couple seasons. Uh, you know, throughout his career, I like to pick a lot. Uh, like we said earlier, third base is a dense position, but he can definitely you know he's he's younger than most of the other guys we talked about for third base, so he can definitely kind of establish himself. Um, Travis, one more question I have before we kind of uh, wrap this up. It's kind of a it's kind of a more of a situation. I kind of want you to. It's more of like a thought experiment, I guess. 
So I picked these two teams in my head and I wanted to think about, I just feel like we look back at history, right? And there's all these teams with like stacked hall of famers. I wonder if like in the, in 1975, I wonder if people like really realized how many hall of famers are going to be on that Reds team, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of like the basis of the, of the thought, like how many hall of famers are on this team or that team. So I'm bringing up the 2019 Astros and the 2021 Dodgers. Which team do you think ends up having more Hall of Famers? And I don't have an answer yet. I haven't really thought about it <laughs> in, in too much depth because I want to kind of save it for the podcast. So, Travis, just to kind of we'll just kind of walk through it. Yeah. So, which kind of which players do you think on the 2021 Dodgers are going to be Hall of Famers? So, easy ones already to start off. Scherzer will make it. Pujols will make it. That's a good point. Um, You're right. Kershaw yeah. will make it. Right. So that's yeah. three already. We've already talked about Bellinger and Seager. They both could, but still a long road to go, right? Oh, sorry, Betts will almost certainly make it. So that's four right yeah, there. Yeah. Um, Bueller, Seager, and Bellinger. And Bauer, are, right? Bauer, <laughs> I think, is probably not making it um, for, for multiple reasons. But, uh, yeah. You're, no, no, but you're right on that. Scherzer, Kershaw, and honestly, in my opinion, the way that I said Bueller was trending, he could definitely make a strong push. That's three guys on the starting staff right now. Kenley Jansen. He's a possible for sure. I think I definitely need to take a deeper dive into his stats because I know in the past I don't think him as a Hall of Famer, but I think looking at him fully. Um, he still could have like 10 years in the tank. We'll see what he has. You're but. so right. And 500 saves seems like it could be easily accomplished with him right now. So I think honestly 500 saves could be a kind of a stat line you look at as being, you know, okay, this guy is a Hall of Famer. Um, a guy that I don't think is going to have Hall of Fame stature. David Price, um, I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's got to have some sort of a huge last thing, last five years in the tank to get some sort of recognition. But um, now moving to the offense, you're right. Albert Pujols, he's definitely um, easy lock. Right now, um, Trey Turner, he is looking like a special player. It's looking nice. So it's looking nice. Seager, like I said, if he can stay healthy, Justin Turner, no. Um, I don't see him at all being a Hall of Famer. I think he's a great player, but I don't think he's at all going to be at the Hall of Fame level. Pollock, no. Bellinger, again, we have to just see if he can get back to his um, hitting stature of, you know, a couple a couple seasons ago. Betts, of course, is a lock. Will Smith, I think he's actually somewhat of a lock. No, I'm, I'm not going to say, I shouldn't say lock at all. I'm going to say he is on a very nice trend right now. I, I agree with that. So right now, I mean, what like, are you looking, we're looking at? at potentially like four pitchers and... Like so we're talking like six or seven, right? Yeah, like, I mean, maybe. I think we're looking at four pitchers, and we're looking at Pujols, Turner, Seager, Betts. I mean, so 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 we can do it like this: like Seager and Turner. What well, does both of them make it? I think it's probably not that high, but like that's of one of them making it. I think it's yeah. probably pretty good. So we Very can almost good. kind of say that with like fifty percenters, maybe. Maybe that's maybe that's even too generous, but like let's just kind of say I think, um, let's call it Kershaw, yep. Bueller. Uh, we'll see maybe Bueller and Jansen combined for like one, maybe. Okay. So we'll we're say, looking at we're looking at like six, six to seven. Yeah, okay. I think that's a good safe range. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of crazy to think about? Like, that is, yeah. I think you look at the team, you know, it's stacked, but thinking about like this team actually. Hey, why don't you look at the 2021 Angels because we got a couple Hall of Famers, I think. We do it. have a couple <laughs> Hall of Famers quite potentially, but um, and it starts with Pujols on the bench, yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. And so, Charles, I think with that in mind, I kind of wanted to put into context how great I think their roster really was that season. And it's kind of funny that like they're besides Trey Turner, who they traded for 
their best MVP guy was like Muncie, who was like not really in any Hall of Fame talks at all, but mm-hmm. because he has such a late start to his his uh, his peak, his prime. Yep. But still, like an elite player in Max Muncie, like Max Muncie and Justin Turner are not in the Hall of Fame bubble that we're talking about, but they're two of the best players in the team. So, anyways, Travis, let's move on to the 2019 Astros. And see or, oh, 19. Okay, not 17. Okay, Sorry. 19. Yeah. I mean, 19, yeah, there's probably a case to be, case to be made for both. I just like how 19. No, fed, I would agree. 19 is I, 19 stupid. Yeah. So, so, so looking at, you know, um, first we start with the infield. Gurriels are probably not, you know, but he's interesting with the fact that he came to MLB late and played in Latin America for the first part of his career. I don't know if there's, you know, what the tracking is for those kind of numbers, but I know that like it is called like the baseball hall of fame. It's not called the MLB hall of fame. So, I don't want to say there's no shot. It's probably like not going to happen. But like he, I know, was a great player before coming to MLB. Just to put it, just to put it that way. But we'll just say he's a no. Altuve Travis is, I think, a yes. Yep. The cheating makes this whole conversation that much more interesting because how will the voters factor in Altuve? How will they factor in Bregman, Correa, Springer? But Travis, let's keep moving. So Altuve will say is it maybe a yes? Correa, I right. think he's a similar camp to Seager, right? He's probably very similar to Seager. Um, has the cheating, but I think maybe a bit better like peak war seasons than Seager. So mm-hmm. yep. um, he's on a good spot. I think Bregman's in a pretty good spot. Uh, he's probably comparable to maybe like a Bellinger almost or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'd say that too. Not as bad as Bellinger, but you're right. A uh, 2019 that was so, so good. And then 2020, 2021, he has to de- get definitely a little bit of a drop off. Yeah, yeah. He, he has to get back to what he was. Um, definitely could do that. Uh, Brantley, what do you think about that? I, I'm leaning towards no. He's almost like in the maybe the Justin Turner camp. I, I think that, that's actually a really good point. I I am actually leaning towards no as well. Um, Brantley, he he's just been a nice player the last two to three years for the Astros. On Cleveland, he was good, not really a special player. I, I mean, I, he might have been an All Star every other year or something like that, but not starting at all in the outfield. But Brantley right now is definitely doing very very well. He's a guy that's only 32, but I feel like I look at him and I feel like he's like 37. I feel like he uh-huh. is like an old guy, kind of like almost like an Upton. I feel like some of these guys are are young, but they they you know they or you know I feel like they're old, but they're they're actually you know still kind of somewhat in their prime. But um, Brantley, I'm probably leaning towards no. Your Don Alvarez. It, a lot to prove, but he started off in a crazy I mean, way. We, we we easily could see this guy, I think, hitting 500 home runs if he stays, you know, healthy. He he was only 22 in 2019, so he still has 20 years, I think, left at the DH spot, and he could easily hit 30 home runs every single year. So I think with him, it's just about health. I was going to use this guy as one of my dark horses, Alex, but George Springer. Yes, I like you brought him up. I, I, I mean, he, he I, Charles, he's one of my favorite players and the cheating will always kind of tarnish his resume, but looking at his OPS plus numbers, Travis, 2017 and 2019, and then 2020, 2021, he's been over a 140 OPS plus. He's been a like elite batter that deserves MVP consideration for four of the last five seasons. I think he's, you know, one of the best hitters, one of the best hitting outfitters in baseball, um, not, I don't know if it's say he's five tool, but he really kind of does it all uh, in some ways. Postseason numbers, like I keep saying, the cheating is going to tarnish those numbers for sure. But even in 2019, Travis was a monster with the power. He comes up with big home runs all the time in the postseason. Uh, give me your thoughts. You know, how, how do you see him training for Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, the, you're just strictly looking at a DH, and I think he can easily put up big poppy numbers. Um for your Don. So I think honestly, um, it's, it's looking like it should be in the right direction. 
uh, for Hall of Fame level. Uh, I, I remember me and you always go back to, you know, looking at his first 162 games of his career. It's it's ridiculous. But um, I, I, I think so. I mean, honestly, being a DH, what he's been able to do, I think he's very cool, calm, and collective. He should probably definitely get a lot of um, look later in his career at that. I think, honestly, he probably could. Which, I, I mean, with, with the way he started so young, I mean, really, I think right now he's entering his age 24 season. This guy looks 32. I mean, the guy literally looks the same age as Brantley, and he's still younger than us. I mean, how is that even possible? Um, um, but, you know, looking at him and then also... Uh, I think you're talking about George Springer. Yeah, too. yeah. Give, give, give me your thoughts. I must have got a little off track there. I no, think I was looking at the wrong page or something like that. You're good. Um, so let's say Altuve is a is, is one. Let's say maybe maybe Correa uh, Bregman. It combines for one. Combines for one. Yeah. Let's say. Uh, I'd say honestly, Springer Alvarez combines for one. Okay, so yeah. we're at three yeah. then. I think we're at three. And then let's also look at and then Alex Verlander uh, being a definite one. Yep, yep, that's true. I mean, I guess we don't make too much of a crazy projections. I think Verlander, I think Cole, and I think Granky are all locks. I, I, I shouldn't say locks. I think Verlander and Granky are they, locks. They can be one. They can, yeah. And I think Cole is probably three quarters, if yeah. not a lock right there. So it's almost like six versus six on these two teams. It is. It's it, very good. It, it's very surprising. It's like. I don't care. Like I think about these historic teams of like you know the 1920s Yankees or whatever. They don't have six Hall of Famers on that team. No, like, no. They, um, they have two yeah. behemoths. Yeah. Yeah. One thing too is you got to also look at what, what what's what's Kyle Tucker going to do with his career. You know he's he's on he the, was he, on that team. Right? He's on the, he's on the yeah. team. And, and what is he going to do with his career? I mean he's off to a crazy good start. I mean how young he is too. And so um, I know people also have given some hype to Abraham Toro. I don't know if he's definitely going to no, be Hall yeah, of Fame, I mean, but. I know, hey, 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 it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, at some point we kind of become Max Stassi. I mean, we're, we're not legend, we're missing him. <laughs> legend. No, yeah, but I, I, at some point, you know, you, we kind of, you know, grasp for straws and see what we can make. You know, see that like, we try to make we try to get the number a little higher than it's supposed to be, probably. But like, even if those teams combine for like you know four, five. four or five each, like that's that, amazing. That's more than those Reds had. The Reds had like what Morgan Bench. Uh, Rose is not, but that's a kind of a different story. Yeah, Tony um, Perez. Tony Perez, but like, um, and that's Griffey's not like you yeah. know, it, it Foster's not like the like some of these teams of this last decade in my mind are as talented as any teams ever, and that's just I want to put that in perspective with this question. So I'm kind of glad we got to break and, down those two teams. And I'll even throw out. I mean, I don't even think this team even made the playoffs, but I you know you look at even like 2018. I think they made the playoffs in 17, but the Nationals. I mean, oh. Harper, Scherzer, Strasburg. Soto, young Soto, um, Trey Turner. I mean, you're literally yeah. going to look at that team Rendon too and just say has a shot. They did nothing, but of course, they're all at different parts of their career. But um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy when you look at some of these teams and it's just like, holy crap, they had all these Hall of Famers on the team. Um, yeah, and, but at least with the Dodgers, they're all kind of in a prime spot. We're all contributing greatly at the time. Yes, um, and same and goes for that 19 s- Astros. You're right. You're right. So uh, I, I really wonder what the, what the record is for like a team in one season to have hall of famers like like pools being a guy on a team that's just like he's not even contributing really but he's a hall of famer on the roster yes so i wonder if like a team's ever had like nine or ten hall of famers on the roster like at one time like maybe some just like old guy on the one team like i know um 
uh, Eddie Murray played on like a lot of different teams. So did Ricky Henderson. So could he have like con- contributed to like one team's like full Hall of Fame like status? Well, you know? One thing I'll say, Travis, is if there's any team that has that record, my guess is it would probably be the Angels. I feel like the Angels oh, love throughout their entire we history. We love Hall of Famers. We love grabbing the guys on the tail end and giving them too much money. You know, Rod Carew had him past his prime. Still was good, but had him past his prime. Uh, we had uh, Winfield. Winfield. We had Murray for like a year or two. Yeah, we had Dave Parker for like a year, but I know he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Reggie Jackson yeah. for a couple years yeah. after his yeah. after his glory days. Uh, love grabbing those older guys. Pujols is like the prime example. Like he had an amazing decade. We paid him a bunch of money. And it's like, did you guys not plan for the next decade? He thought he'd be that good. I, I think the only guy that's actually worked out for us is Vladimir Guerrero because yeah. um, he actually won MVP with us. And uh, I would say he definitely had, a, I think, a better career with the Montreal Expos. But when he came to the Angels, he was still producing very, very well. Yeah, but, he was our best player for yeah. a, a multiple seasons were in the playoffs. So that's something to be, you know, be proud of. Uh, Travis, that pretty much wraps everything up. That was a fun kind of grab bag episode talking yeah. about some random stuff. A lot of projection, a lot of talking about future players. Uh, we don't know how their career is going to end up, but it's fun to kind of think about and kind of keep it in mind. So that was kind of our warm-up for the Hall of Fame season, guys. Uh, next episode, I believe we're going to be diving into our uh, picks for who we think are some of the biggest snows in Hall of Fame history. Because, Travis, I feel like it's every other week you and I come across some page and reference like, this guy, so is, this guy is a legend, 60 war, not a Hall of Famer like Let's let's talk about some of these guys and give yep. them their credit since the the hall won't do it. So that'll be next episode, and then uh, after that, we're already preparing to unveil our ballots of who we think on the ballot right now. Who would we vote for if we had a vote for the for the Hall of Fame? So I'm excited, Travis. It's gonna be a really fun month covering all these different kind of guys. Um, if you made it this far in the episode, uh, appreciate you so much, and we will subscribe. Talk, subscribe, comment, tweet us. Tell us uh, about the, you know, for right or wrong, (laughs) if we're right or wrong, uh, if we're better or for worse, uh, we hope to talk to you guys next week. Presented by tool tools podcast. (laughs)